Hey there, have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get the gem on the Queen's Crown, the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions, such as how do I get my show on Spotify and all the other places people love to listen? How can I make money with this podcast? And where do I want to host this show? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now Anchor can match you with great sponsors so you can get paid to podcast. As an Anchor user myself, I love how easy it is to upload my podcast and the fact I can get to Spotify and other platforms. Plus, I love the fact I can now start making money with my talent and my podcast. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. This is the Gem on the Queen's Crown. A podcast talking about Cincinnati and Dayton, Ohio sports. Here's the host, Lee W. Mowen. And this is episode number 16 of the Gem on the Queen's Crown. We're doing something very special today. Back here with Mark Schlemmer as we introduce the roundtable. We bring... Local sports fans in, and we have a good old time talking said sports. Episode 16 of the Gem on the Queen's Crown. You can find it on GemCitySports.com, TheLeeWMowen.com, along with iTunes and your favorite podcasting apps, Google Play, iHeartRadio, StreamPod.net, TuneIn, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, and also you can get email updates on my website, TheLeeWMowen.com slash podcast. I you sure swear, you didn't leave anything out? No, that, that's why I have to keep writing it every time. Because <laughs> Why don't you just say the ones that they're not on? What's a stitcher? Uh, huh? It's, What's it's, a stitcher? It's, it's You're asking a, me? It's a podcast app. Somebody is sewing up a rug uh, or a baseball. Yeah, it's like fixing jerseys being a stitcher. This is all high tech. Is that what the guy did in the, uh, in the game the other day where the, tur- where the turf was torn up? <laughs> yeah. He had to dump everything. <laughs> he, I think he's on Stitcher too. Yeah. It's, uh, many podcasting apps try to spread it so people will listen to it. But like I mentioned, round table, uh, Mark, we got Adam from St. Louis and Tony on the microphones today. Gentlemen, say hello. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, everybody. Most people remember Tony from being on the show, Tony Chris, what are you in your about your thirty eighth year now yeah, at school? Something like that. I don't know. Since eighty two, whatever that adds up to be. Don't no, look at me. Point. Your hero Jethro Bodine and his Gazenta's birthday today. Yeah, that should I saw be that easy. In the paper, Jethro Bodine. I couldn't believe he was still alive. I thought he's actually gone. Doing some ciphering. I still want to know what the secret was they hid during the show because I always see that on the internet. Well, it never tells you. I know. I read through it and I never like Mary Ann had a secret on the island. It's just clickbait. I know what that is. I might not know Your what daughter must have told you what that was. Well, yeah, that and how to work my phone. <laughs> you all these gizmos and letters that they post, the LOLs and all that. But no, we're going to try to – we've talked about – Lee and I talked about this the last time of bringing in different people during the, you know, during these things so we can do the roundtable because we had a lot of fun on the show and mm-hmm. 
they don't want to hear me rabble for every week. So we're going to do this. Actually, Big E was supposed to be on this one and as well as a comrade, but the comrade is deathly ill. Not deathly ill, but he's ill. Big E is tending to his father. Comrade didn't break any ankles jumping off. The, I think uh, the Pulitzer called him home, actually. Uh, but he's just, you know, the double knot spies. They can't let that out. Ohio State not getting in the tournament. I was really you know. looking forward to him being here today, too. I wanted to see how close he was to jumping off the cliff after yesterday. I did. <laughs> Depends what day it is. <laughs> it's only Monday. It's only Yeah, I mean, it just got done. And the commissioner, he is smoking cigars like crazy out of two SEC teams in the playoffs. Mr. McKinney, he got called into work. But they'll be on a future one. Don't worry. Yeah, we're just starting off the podcast. See We've got a works. long list of people wanting to play. Well, the first thing is this is not a round table. I think Tony was the one mentioning it. This is a <laughs> rectangle. You can't get anything past him. <laughs> Why did they call so, them wings, boneless wings, when they didn't have bones in them? That you've got to explain that because I've tried. I remember it was at either at uh, Tailgaters. Tailgaters, yeah. And I can never remember. You asked, and the guy just stood there dumbfounded. Why is one more expensive than the other? Yeah. But I can't remember what the – original question was well boneless wings were more expensive than the regular chicken wings i said well why is it more expensive doesn't even have bones in it well the guy went back to the kitchen to ask i remember (laughs) that yeah he he was he was a little befuddled well you got he was a a lot of befuddled you gotta pay a little extra for the labor to take out the bones and the wings well how come they're not shaped like wings they're just little round nuggets that is weird why not just call them nuggets where do you get that much meat I, I don't see that much meat on a wing itself. I mean, no. to, to be involved. That, that, these I mean, are kind of questions we used Nuggets to are not stuff. nuggets. We both know what those Rooster are. Nuts. Rooster nuts. Absolutely. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you got to use all the chicken. We used to have, for those that remember the show, that was part of the allure of some of the remotes, which were still legendary, and many commemorative coins were given out for those things, <laughs> was between you and Greavy, Eating every chicken wing these places had, it got to almost be comical. Well, yeah. Paradise Key brought out. They had roasted chicken. A that, circle. That was, it wasn't really wings. It was more like a. It was half like half a chicken. A chicken. Yeah. And these guys, no chance. You weren't with me the day of the barbecue cook-off. You didn't do that one with me. No. It was over in no, Kettering. Not the, no, the one that was at the. Uh, the VFW. The okay, I yeah. got there on Friday and got home Sunday. That's how good it was. No, that's no kidding. I just remember the guy saying, uh, midnight, you'll start smelling different. That's when they season them. Oh, man. Walking around getting samples of everything under the sun. But every one of the people, you got to have a beer with it if you're going to have some of the chicken and the roast and all that. Okay. I'd never done one of those before, so I went out like two hours before the show that Friday. That made for a good show. <laughs> but sitting there that whole weekend, tasting all that, oh, my God. But, yeah, the remotes, those those were fabulous. What were some of the favorite remotes uh, you guys been to <laughs> and some of the remotes that you remember fondly? You were at all of them with me. Uh, well, I, I just sat back and watched a lot. That's because that's about well, – that was half we, the fun. We weren't allowed to drink. I mean, we couldn't yeah, well, sit there with beer. In front I see. Of I didn't know that originally. In that cook-off thing, I had like a train full well, of them up the on the table. By the time I showed up, they told us we weren't allowed to drink. 
That's what plastic cups were for. I don't have much of a comment about that. Well, I was just everything, anything you guys were ever at Bricks. Everything at Bricks was always fun. Um, I remember I went on the show. Um, there was didn't they have a beer tasting at uh, at Fifth Third Field. Yep, yeah. I won that there. Uh, like I said, I won one of those. That was always a great time. I actually took. Um, a friend of mine with me, uh, he was actually my boss at the time when I worked for Rena Center, and he can drink more and faster than anybody that I've ever known. And we, we both just had a blast. I mean, it just, you know, the old show always felt like to me that it, it was when you called in, it wasn't like you were talking to somebody who was bigger than you. It was, you felt like you were talking to a friend on the phone more than anything. And that's what I always loved about it. If I remember right, Bricks is where the original Tin Man, Tin Man came from. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was uh, originally made There's out of tin There it is right there. So, yeah. But then we went and had one professionally the made. The first one, though. It was made out of tin foil and was hung straws. up above our platform. I don't think I don't think that was funny. Everybody else did. Everybody else did. <laughs> Just because you didn't think it was doesn't mean that it wasn't. I don't I mean 12-pack was always a classic coming to these things. Yeah. All the remotes, I don't know that there was ever a bad one. I mean, the one B-Man and I did up in Troy for a Bengal Brown game, Nude set the world record for food and drink at a Frickers. Everything on the menu, I think he had. It was an incredible performance by the Nude. played some good bumper music, though. Yeah, now Nudes, he's still on here in Cincinnati. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, yeah mm-hmm. he's still down here on EBN, I think. Yep. Huh. Yeah, but I don't remember any of the remotes that. I remember one that when we went to Paradise Key. Yeah, yeah. Going Guy's in there was Eddie, wasn't it? Yeah, Fast yes. Eddie. Yeah. He's still the owner. Eddie Paradise. Yeah, absolutely. Well, they got another one up in Brightstater, didn't it? Paradise Key Two's up there, I think. Uh, that I don't know, but like I said, I actually talked to Eddie probably within the last year or so because a friend of uh, of mine um, that actually he's in a he's in a band around here, and he used to host the karaoke that Eddie had at, at Paradise Key, you know, within the last year or so. Mm-hmm. Yep. I remember him his TV commercials. I'll oh, pick yeah. that white guy if it isn't good. I'm not making it. <laughs> He was also the originator of stay open after 2.30 in the morning, don't serve beer. Right. All the drunks come in and eat breakfast, and then at 5 in the morning, we start serving beer again. again. Absolutely. But I remember we went in there that first time, and I just remember going, oh, my. By the time we left, there was was a whole party going on there. Yep. The one at um, Barleycorn's. Yeah, that was uh, um, St. Patrick's Day oh, weekend. What? Yeah, the one guy fell off the chair before we ever even got started. Yeah, that's where uh, where the Amish leprechaun got his name. Yeah, we were talking about that the last one of the people that were all part of this show that are gone now. Yeah, I think, and I don't know if you ever found out if he passed away or not. I have no idea. Wasn't able to. Find I'm guessing he out. probably did. I know he had health problems. Hera Clara's gone. Yeah. Um, Scott Herman's gone. Tom Patton's gone. It's just amazing how many people have that that were part of it that made it what it was that are gone now. Yeah. Well, I thought it was interesting in in Hera Clara in the either was it either her obituary or the announcement that they have at the funeral. She had her name, yep. Hera Clara, on and in that obituary and, and the and the program that you get from the funeral. I mean, that's that's the impact of the show. I mean, that's that's how it stuck with people. I think that was the one thing, and Tony was a was a big part of it because he sat in an awful lot too. The one thing I think I was the proudest of was that the people that made the show and were all that family. The show that Jack Pole was on 
and nobody ever knew Jack was funny. I mean, hell, nobody knew Jack was funny. They still don't know Jack's funny. But he stayed in there the whole time, and I can remember McKinney calling in saying, I'm on 35, and people are laughing, and we know what they're laughing at in the car next to each other. <laughs> the people, It was just a, the city show and how many people were part of it and still are. That, I think, was a surprise. Every time you were on, people knew you were going to be on. Yeah, you would let them know. And it just got to be comical. You know, Nate, the legal analyst, whenever he was on, they knew he would be on on Fridays. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it just got Tim Williams was a part of it. Grievy was a part of it. Just all the well, listeners I, and callers I, I, I told you, I told you this a long time ago um, with being able to be on your show that it was, I told you it was like 1978 all over again. <laughs> Meaning in 1978 when I was in college and we would sit by the swimming pool at Furwood Apartments, the Seaman Pond, at Furwood Apartments, sitting there drinking beer, talking about what we saw, what we read in the sporting news, what we saw on ESPN, because that had just come out, and and what we had seen on the new cable. Cause cable what was, was the beer big. of choice back then? Goble. Goble. Fine French beer from Detroit. Could I get a $4 case? <laughs> yeah. But it was that, that your show was like that, and that it was a bunch of people, men and women, who just liked to, to talk about different sports and sports in general and you just kind of bs'd about it, it, it was nobody fun. took things overly serious but it was serious that you were hey, speaking now wait a minute now wait a minute there was a gentleman in springboro he's got a hand in the dirt he took it serious dude yeah he did he did he had a game plan well his yeah he also had an umbrella in his bud light line <laughs> <laughs> i remember the first and that's honest god truth this man can still to this day i'm sure drink more than anybody ever. He drank a lot. I'm trying to think which. I think it was at Tailgaters, Tailgaters actually. Yeah. The bar guy came over to me as I was leaving. He goes, that guy over there, the hairy dude, he drank all of our Bud Light Lime. And he's still going. <laughs> it's like he's six bucket. Everything they had in the bar. Well, down at um, Dublin Pub. I, I, Steve yeah, walked over that day, and he yeah. went, that guy just drank all of our Bud Light Lime. I know. Don't worry. <laughs> but we did make him smile once. Tony brings an umbrella for the Bud Light Lime and puts it in his beer. It little, was one of them little umbrellas you put in. Cocktail, in little cocktail, uh, cocktail like umbrella. Yeah. yeah. It was his Should goal. Be in a fruity little drink. <laughs> it was Tony's goal to make him laugh and smile. And it took a while. It did. But he finally got him. But the people that, and people always, hey, nickname me. Give me a name. Give me a name. It just happens. It doesn't just, you know, not something I set out to do. But I think the fact that they all felt like they were family of that show, and I think that's, and, and Lee and I have talked about this on a, on a couple before, that's what the area is missing now. There isn't that show where you feel part of it. You know, and I, and I think that's where people really miss out. And the media was all involved, too. You know, we had all the people from TV. Oh, yeah, TV guys would, would love to. they call in. they like to come and sit in. Um, the, my my One of my fondest memories of that, and I had, do you remember Stanley Mouse, Tony? I know yeah, you've been around yeah. for long enough. He was basically what ran Channel 7, the paper. He was yeah, he pretty was much it. Channel, Channel 7 guy. He showed up at the studio one day at the Oni Studios, a competitor, obviously, and – just wanted to come and sit in the studio and watch the show. And I always thought that was so cool. He said, I don't want to be on. I just want to see this because it's so much fun to listen to. And I remember the people in the building weren't real happy about that because they're like, what the hell is he doing in here? 
I never met him, but it was just so, it was that kind of cool around town where everybody was a part of it, no matter what station they were on. Um, and that's what made it so special. And I think that's what people today have really lost touch with. It's the people that called in that were the show, not just the guests we men, got. women, young, old. Oh, my God. Uh, we have them lot, all. A lot of it covered. You're right. I mean, it was from the homeless to the mayor is pretty much what and everything in between. It was yeah. just really – and it got to where we didn't have to really go look for guests to call in. They, The comedians. Yeah, the guys oh that were God. downstairs at Wiley's would come up. Absolutely yeah. hilarious. Over at Funny Bone. Yeah. You know, getting to meet the Ralphie Mays and the people like that. That was so much fun, and now there's just – it's just like reading numbers. That's all these guys. They, there's no personality to it, and that's where it's so sad. But I don't well, know that a, there was, was ever a show a we forum. did bad. It was a forum for chaos. Different, <laughs> yeah, really. Uh, We'd eat on the it, air. It was a forum for different um, views in this town. There, there's this town got a lot of different views. This and, is the perfect and, sports town bad. to me. I'm, I'm yeah. Meaning, yeah. We, we're not locked into the Reds, Kentucky. We had it all. Yeah. You know, we could go anywhere, and Baseball, it was okay. Baseball, football, basketball. And any, any team. occasionally. Yeah. Yeah, you're the one. I started Okay, folks. I know. Since I take a lot of the bullets for that kickball comment, oh, one guy undressed me the other night about 2.30. Oh, oh man. Just, oh, just got up me good about kickball? my derogatory comments about kickball. Obviously, you don't understand it's what a beautiful, beautiful game. game. So yes. what was my answer? How about a yellow card? How's that for understanding kickball? I know my kickball. Skinny <laughs> kid runs to one end. Fat kid kicks it to the other. Simple game. Very boring. But here's the man that originated, and it was third world kickball, if I remember correctly. You're correct. Yes. <laughs> People didn't care for that well, at all. It's, it's big in those countries. It's not big in the United States. It really never has been. And even when you grew up, when I grew up, you had youth soccer was kind of a big thing, but it never got it never past grew. that. It's gotten better now. You look what's well, going on in Cincinnati. Cincinnati and Columbus. Mm-hmm. I don't get the Columbus thing, Bolton, but it has its pockets. Yeah. It's like hockey. It's not. Yeah, it's like hockey in the United States. It has its place. It's got its place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with the World Cup coming up and in, in the U.S. not being in the World Cup. That doesn't help. It, it doesn't yeah. help. Yeah, it, it really doesn't. One of thirty-seven different soccer tournaments. Exactly. <laughs> Open cup, closed cup, sideways I mean, cup. But if there's a soccer cup. event that I watch, I mean, it, that, that I would watch, I mean, it, it would be, you know, if the U.S. was in the times that I've watched the World Cup, it's been because of if the U.S. If you put USA on a jersey, mm-hmm. people will watch. Absolutely. Those, those fans, no matter whether it's United States fans or uh, other countries, those are rabid fans. They're crazy. Absolutely. They are, That's what I was just getting ready to their, say. Their program. I mean, if you look at a game death. worldwide, worldwide soccer is probably the the biggest. It sport is the biggest. In the world. Yes, yes. yes. You see the one I posted today? They cut the statue of was it uh, Messi? They cut the legs off nah, of it again. Yeah. My wife's yep. Stage, so. yep. <laughs> yeah, they, they cut, cut the legs, legs off, off of it. Off, off a statue. Off a statue. Mm-hmm. It's like they nobody heard that happen. Out or something. It was a nice big old statue. And, and, and it's how the did third that go time unnoticed? They've done it. How did that go unnoticed? Yeah, somebody took the legs off of it again. Lieutenant Dan. You got new legs. You got new legs. Oh, my God. He ain't got no legs. Yeah, the show, what people, when they would come in, and I know you used to hear this a lot, too, Tony, people that would sit and watch and basically see behind a curtain, they would then know what went on during the breaks or when people would call in, like Dick from Dayton, 
and the, re- the reactions we all would have. And they always would come back and laugh going, I know exactly what you guys were laughing at now or how things work. That was always fun, letting people see how things behind the curtain, you know, happened. Um, I hope one day someday somebody in this town will have another show like it. I don't know if it would ever be duplicated. And I don't tell you, you and Adam, you were part of it too. Why? People ask me why. Was that so well, much fun? It goes back then when I said half-jokingly earlier about 1978 sitting by the pool. It was a bunch of people who had an opportunity to express some opinions and not be cut off, um, not be uh, told they're wrong uh, very much. Or put on uh, hold for an hour. That type of stuff. And it, it was like, just like a big BS session. Sitting around for two and a half, four three hours, hours and every day, talking about what we saw in the paper, what we saw in the news. Although the paper now, you'd have to talk about something from two days ago, so it was already old news, right? But it, it was it was that way. It was just a bunch of folks sitting around talking about uh, something that they had a little bit of passion for uh, in their sport or in their area, in their neighborhood. In their town. You were with me the last remote we did at Frickers. Yeah. And, and you'll remember this very clear because I can still remember the reaction on your face when the Pearson kid from Trotwood got a yeah, hold of boxer. us, the Olympic right. boxer. Mm-hmm. And his dad got a hold of me before we went out there and asked if he could come on. Yeah, the, the, his yeah. coach, who he didn't know was coming, came we get from there. Out of town, the Olympic and coach. He tells Tony and I, don't tell my boy, but his, the Olympic boxing coach is coming out and his trainer to surprise him yeah, and i remember the, going you're talking colorado or colorado springs out in the olympic i think yeah. it was yeah, yeah. I, I asked him i said are you talking about the main guy and he goes yeah that was i mean that's pretty cool yeah but the reaction we got from back from, in the station in the studio was yeah. interesting well they just said so what well there was a word in front of that yeah <laughs> Ryan's a duck. <laughs> Who gives a? Yeah, it's only boxing. Yeah, um, but the funny part of that—a the, lot of people that called in and wanted to talk to the guy. He's an Olympic boxer. Well, the boxer TV right people got a hold of me and went, yeah, "How the, the hell TV, do you have yeah, him? You we had, can't get him." You had well, three TV channels in town come out and and all did an interview him. The interviews that I remember was when Hitch and Hitch actually did the the interview from Channel Two when he asked. Tony Tilford at the time, why this show was the only one in 60 years that had ever made it. And I can still remember thinking, oh, my God. I started counting backward, and it was every bit of 60. And there's been a lot of attempts, obviously, that never really caught on. And that's always stuck to me, and and I've always given people that I answer, like Tony said, the people are what made that happen because it was their gig. The going away thing at Bricks that day, the last party we had, I think that surprised the people at O&E, for one. It surprised me that many people showed up. I can still remember Don May sitting at the door waiting to get in Bricks. Really? Came back from North Carolina. He said, I saw, heard about it, and I wanted to come back. Yeah, we were out of town. I don't it was incredible. Was, was well, the one at podca- or Tailgate is we came back and did the podcast yeah. after we'd been gone yeah, for about a year. 7,500 people come just sit down there and watch that. Yeah. They couldn't get in the damn door. I yeah. didn't know it. You didn't know because we were up on the stage yeah. on the thing. But just a response from the people that the saddest part is not being able to, to do that anymore. The Facebook page is fun, but it's not the phone connection. It's not the same. It's a 
You don't get to hear voices. Uh, and remotes, you don't get to see the people. And, and see the people. Without a voice, you can't put uh, a face or a, a, a sound to what you think somebody is. And then when they show up at a remote, you go, oh, We used to laugh them. at that in remotes. <laughs> Tony and I would up on the up on the dais, or the dais, whatever the hell you call it, and you'd see people walk in where Try Tony to and I who knew they who they were. And you start looking at you like, oh, no, this has got trouble written all over it. But every time, they were well, like magnets. Steve from Springboro. Oh, he, I remember he, the first time at the bowling he, he thing. He would be. Oh, you, you knew yeah. he was a crazy Browns fan. Just a wonderful Browns fan. Crazy. And so is you would the wait term. to see how he would interact, and he'd give some guy some crap, and they give it back, and his back and forth. But they sit there and have a beer and listen to the show. So it was a camaraderie that came out of it. It was incredible camaraderie, and it was like they never met, but it, they just knew who each other were yeah it's just like and tony i'd look at him going oh no and before you they're just having a beer with each other back porch i mean there were so many great names that came out of that show (laughs) and so much fun um but you know the sports part of it was anything goes you know we'd set the topics up and if they wanted to go on a different road we'd go there yeah topics were were fluid i mean you'd have somebody call in as well bring up another subject also and that was gone it would take off the toughest part about it was if they didn't call in that time frame where that topic was on or they couldn't get in they couldn't you know and it was a rule of you got one call a night otherwise you're going to get over and over the same people but it always went fluid there was never a bump in the road and the fun part all the people in the building they always knew when the food got there but they (laughs) wanted to be part of it how many times mr tilford come down sit in yeah I mean, yeah, they had a ball you, doing. You had the uh, the Friday when the when the girls would come up, and the ladies the come picks. up and downstairs, and yep. yeah, they didn't. They were picking because they liked the the color shoes somebody was wearing. But <laughs> that was anytime food would roll in, and we had it every day. Yeah, I mean, it got to the point where we didn't have to go worry about eating. They all knew where the the studio was, so there was so many great memories. But the people, I, like we were talking about, Hera, Clara, I got a message from one of her kids. Right after she died, about that obituary you were talking about, right. and that just kind of it just kind of makes you go, okay, that's why I'm doing this. It makes it worthwhile. Or the Tom Pattons that will try. You were in with me the night I think it was Brad Dreesen's wife called in. He was in the hospital, yeah. not doing well, and she yeah. called in to let us know that time frame was right. the best part of his day. Right. Those are the times you just. You're speechless. You don't you don't realize how many people you're actually touching yeah. by what you're doing. And those are the times you just, when things irritate you, you just kind of go, oh, that's why you do it. And that's why the Facebook page still. It gives it a little bit of purpose. And you didn't realize, I don't think you realized it at the time. Oh, hell no, you um, don't. As you look back, uh, a lot of folks had fun. And, I mean, the people out there listened. People, like you said, uh, McKinney was saying, in cars. I know we would have it on in the locker room over at the UD in the football locker room. Guys used to get a kick out of gear. And Big Play Bengals is the one guy, and you remember Big Play, the original producer. Yeah. And to this day, I would still have trouble doing it, where he would teach, he he'd still try to teach me it's not the lights on the phone bank that are lit up. Yeah, that's good for the callers and stuff. But it's the people, like you said, who are just listening. They don't mm-hmm. call. Hell, you and I used to laugh. Who calls these stupid shows? Yeah. What the hell's the matter with these people? And then all of a sudden, <laughs> hey, will you guys hurry up and call? You know, but it was 
and he's had to teach me every day, quit looking at the phone bank. I'll put the calls up, you know, but it's the people not listening. That's your ratings, and that's the people that you got to worry about. The one that stuck with me, Dreesen's was one, but a neighbor of my mom's died. I go to the viewing, and his wife takes me up to the casket, which I'm not a big fan of that. Yeah. He's got a transistor radio next to his head with 980 on it. <laughs> And she wow. goes, I just wanted to let you know how many days I had to eat dinner with you. And my only response, Tony, I looked at her and went, just be glad I wasn't on at night. We'd have been in bed together. <laughs> she looked at me like, oh, my God. But it was just, like you said, you don't realize it at the time. And to me, it was it was fun. It wasn't, it wasn't hard going in there every day. It was just fun because you look forward to that 3 o'clock hour knowing, hey, I'm going to get to talk to a lot of fun people at this point. And we did. You know, you said about fun and different people. It was varied, too. It wasn't just baseball, basketball. <laughs> no, it, it got out of football. hand. But I think of the, the guy that you used to talk with that was uh, the pro out at uh, CCN. Um, oh. And we would we started talking about their caddy program. Oh, that's so right. The, yeah, we had two different guys on it. And, and how, how that was affecting a bunch of high school kids. Mm-hmm. And... and we got some good free golf out of that. Oh, I never Country Club it. of the North, yeah. No, you were done, but you got. Well, they only let us play at seven in the morning before anybody was there, so we couldn't. <laughs> and that's no kidding. There was nobody on the course but us. You, you got bounced before I got a chance to play. <laughs> <laughs> You're leaving, I sir. Do, I do remember that. We we're going to play the following week. Oh, Stolly and I had a great time out there, but it was always early in the morning. I think also something else that, that you used to do, um, the mud volleyball, where. All those people that you go out and, and MC it a little bit, but they they would call into the show. Different teams would call in and say, hey, "We're we're participating in that." Well, the first year I got involved in that because TUE was one of the main sponsors, and we had, if I remember, I God, I want to say it was Jennifer Seaman. She's married now, Rosati. I think's her married name. She's on the page. She came in and talked about it, and I remember during the show she made a comment: "We're like sixty or eighty teams short." Can you help? And I remember just going on, yeah. just going, hey, look. All of a sudden, they had more than anything. You know, that. just come on, step up, help us out. For two years in a row, we did that. But I had more fun going out there because I didn't know what to expect. I didn't even know that Wagerson place was back there. It's just a big old open field. That's where I learned what bovine bingo was. Bovine bingo? Oh, good. I'm not the only dumbass in. Right. They got a big thing, a big field next to the volleyball pit. Yeah. And they put squares. It's like a checkerboard. Where you, like 25 bucks a square, and then they let a cow out there wherever it takes a dump. If you got the square, you win. I'm looking at this going, wait a minute. you got to be kidding. Nope, bovine bingo. I've never heard of that. But B-Man and I, the first year, it's storming to beat the band. Lightning carrying on. And we're up there on the back of this flatbed with all this electrical stuff. But the amount of people that were involved in that, Jim Hosfeld was a huge uh, help to them putting it together but to get involved like like you're saying in events like that yeah it's just another thing that makes you go wow and then you look back now and go you know that was pretty cool yeah yeah that was a neat event we got involved in an awful lot of that stuff the charities don brown's bowling was always a fun yeah. one um but you don't realize it at the time how many people come out because you're out there doing it the show was out there how many Hosp- people got involved the hospice. Yeah. Oh, my God. I forgot about that. That was one of the better ones. Yep. When they asked to be the spokesman or whatever, the MC of that, what an honor. 
you know, absolutely an honor. But just the people we got to meet, not just the listeners and the callers, but the comedians that would come in, the Ralphie Mays. I spent oh, three Rob weekends Schneider. with him. I'll never, never forget. Rob Schneider comes up. You thought he was a stiff, but he knew more baseball. Well, that wasn't a word I used, but when Nate was with yeah, me. Yeah, I remember listening to that because that was the word. We went downstairs to meet him, which is, you know, we never, I never went down there before they came up, and he was already irritable from doing all the FMs. And I just remember him going, all right, what are we talking about? And my response was that same word that rhymed with duck, you. I don't care if you come on or not. And I made the comment, I don't know, we'll probably beat up on Dusty Doubleday. And he looked at me so funny, he goes, you're talking about Dusty Baker. He's my best friend. And he and Nate got in a conversation for like two hours, and he didn't want to leave. But it was just the ability. I still don't think he's funny, by the way. <laughs> but just to be that able to meet the these guys you see all the time, like Finesse Mitchell. Yeah. What a hoot he was. Yeah. Um, the only dud we had was um, Butter Jesus guy, Haywood Banks. He showed up with his guitar out of the remote. I didn't, I didn't. You didn't miss much. No. He finally packed it up after 20 minutes and exited. <laughs> well, I asked him, do you know anything about sports? No. What are you here for? I was dying trying to get him. He made Nate sing, which was classic. Oh, no, it was no. it was not good. Yeah. <laughs> But just a chance to meet Ocho Clowno the night he came on for four hours. Yeah. Just And people will always ask, your guest. I wish that we would have kept notes, and I never did. Yeah, you should have kept a spiral notebook every day. But just the people that I'll see on TV and go, oh, yeah, we had him on. Yeah. The Brandon Jerry the King Lawler. Brandon, Brandon, my last Brandon show. Phillips just called up for out of nowhere. Yep, that night, the last show. Nobody yeah. knew it. Jerry the King was one of the best yeah. guests we had in studio. I would have paid to. That's why we lower. couldn't we couldn't let it out. <laughs> I would have. We couldn't tell people like with Ocho because yeah. if they find out, my God, the parking lot would have been, been nuts. it'd have been mm-hmm. nuts. Lawler was hilarious. He didn't leave either. He wanted to hang around. He's the king but of Memphis. I just think they found out once they got in there, it wasn't doing their act. Hey, you want to answer calls? Go ahead. And they had a ball doing that. But yeah, I mean, just some of the great memories we had, and some of the people. And I know we're forgetting a lot of the people that were all part of it. I just wish one day we'd either have a hell of a good party, get everybody back together, or just somebody wake up in town and realize what you had. Well, I, you know, I can remember, you know, when the show was on, and like I said at the time, you know, in that time frame, I was uh, I was working for Renna Center at the time, and I can remember, you know, always knowing what time the show came on, and I would figure out some way to be out of the building at the time to either, you know, to go out in the company truck and, and go and, and run collections for him and, and, and repossess things. But it, it, it just something to put me out of the store and into a vehicle Three so, o'clock. I could, so I could listen, so I could listen and be a part. And, you know, Mark, the, you know, the entire time that any time that I ever called in, you just, that's the problem I think with national shows is, is that you feel like you're going to get big time the whole way. You're going to get about 10 seconds. You're going to ask your question and then you're off. It was never anything like you, you felt like you were calling and, and talking. Yeah, we to let your him dad talk for twenty minutes. We didn't your care, brother, right? And, and and that was something. And I really think more than anything, from just a caller standpoint, that's what made it special to everybody else. Was because you didn't feel like you were calling in and you were going to get shut down after ten seconds or so. You felt like you were talking to your dad, your you know your mom, your brother, anybody about the somebody close to you about sports and that's why i always loved and that's why i always find found time to listen to it for sure the best part especially like tony was in there if i wanted to eat some of the stuff that was there i could and he could take over and talk 
Yeah. We did that a couple of times. But the, we the, ended the bathroom or something, maybe something to eat. Well, the parts that, and, and you mentioned it a little bit earlier, the people like the, the girlfriends, the women that would call in, or they would just message the show or me or call us, call my office in the station during the day and just, I don't know what the hell you're talking about, but it sure is a lot of fun. That was always nice that the people that didn't, they really didn't know, but it was just, like Tony said earlier, it was for everybody. It was just, boy, we go off on some different. Well, yeah, it was, it was on some wild tracks. Sports at the base, but sometimes it got off to oh, it got, different things. It took I a mean, lot of left turns. Uh, relationship stuff sometimes. It just. Uh, I can remember twice. Back and forth. Comrade Ortez, who went by Ortez Flyer back Ortez then, ran Flyer. over his mailbox, mailbox twice on the air. Ran into his he, No, he backed over it, pulling into his driveway as he got home because he was on the phone, and he backed over his mailbox twice. <laughs> wow. And Hera Clara would call in shortly after happy hour, I think, and then she'd start spitting out words like a sailor. I remember seeing Hera at the, a couple of Dragons games when I was working down there after you have a remote, and I'd go back downstairs. and Yeah, Hera, Hera liked to have a cocktail. She was always good at it, Hera. Always yeah. at the gate, she'd be in the pub, and and she was uh, occasionally sound like a sailor. Oh, I didn't mean to do that. You <laughs> just had, you had to watch the dump button when she because she would get rolling and. Actually, she was one of the main reasons we put the dump button in on both sides of the board because the first time she did it, we realized, uh oh, <laughs> we don't have a dump button, and we actually had to put one in. But the shows that are around today, they're sad. It's not about the people. It's just trying to get the topics and the numbers across. Whereas you know, well, but they, don't they're feel not like they personable. And if yeah. I want, not, not that you weren't a produ- you, you didn't have a producer and it wasn't a production. It was a production. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Things on that show were fluid, and and nowadays it seems whether it's a national show, or you listen to something out of Cincinnati or someplace else, it's more. Um, scripted almost it's, uh, it's things you've already heard and it's things you <clears throat> that you already know and and why if i know this information already then why would i be interested in continuing to listen to it yeah you know? i think a lot of the people today and you probably know better than i do a lot of the people like on espn they're not sports casters most well, of it is written out for them it is you have you have writers it's um they're presenters. They're like the, a lot of the people on the on the news. You know who our presenters were? Readers. You They're and me. Right. You'd write topics up and bring them in or send them to me. Yeah, so that was it. Send you a topic. Uh, we, well, we'd sit there with the newspaper. Every day you get the newspaper. We'd just sit in the studio going, hey, I just saw this. Or you, yeah, I mean, the nice thing about O&E, I was, Tony Tilper was my boss, but he left me alone. I mean, there was never any... All right, what are you doing today? Don't do this. Don't do that. I was pretty much just free to go, and I had no clue of radio, as you all figured out. But not topic. They didn't tell me. No, they didn't tell me not yes and no. And it was, I could say pretty much, like Tony said, sitting around a cement pond or a pub and just you're talking. You could do everything but swear. And then occasionally Occasionally that happened. happened. But that's what the bump button. But it was just, it was personable. It was fun. The people never were a dull moment. And sports, there's never anything dull either. Which, I guess I should get into some of that before the day's over. <laughs> the college football playoffs. 
<laughs> the topic of all time this year. Will is, it? Is, is will Lortez it change Flyer, things? Is, right. Has he, has he jumped off the bridge yet? I, is he boycotting was, the world, the football now? Here. I wanted to see how that. Was well, he was in Indy at the game. Um, it's amazing, and fans are flip floppers, all of them. One year, no, you shouldn't let him in. But if your team's the one getting in, it's okay. And now, the Alabama thing, and I saw Mr. Potato Head, Paul Feinbaum, this morning made the comment that he knew Saban started making phone calls at midnight calling in favors to get Bama in the really? playoff. Yeah. <laughs> okay, if that's how it works. Now, you got to sell yourself. I don't know that. I don't know there's a right answer, wrong answer. I do know that they want conversation, and they sure as hell got it. Well, parody. Uh, parody is what they got out of that. And it, it, it seems to me that I'm a Michigan fan, and, and anybody who knows me knows that. But I, I, when I talked to Mark yesterday, I said if Ohio State gets left out of this playoff, then it's an absolute travesty. It's what an about USC? Yeah, I mean you're leaving everybody the west of the Mississippi basically in a crapper, and two conference champions to be left out. You know what's the point? I mean we even like I said, you know we're thinking. I was thinking to myself yesterday, and Mark brought it up talking about Central Florida, about UCF. Okay, let them in one time. Boys, you state that's the same thing. Let them. They did that with Cincinnati back a few years. That's right. Right. Brian Kelly bailed on them before the game. But you know, under under this format, the way the college football playoff is now, if you let them in one time, it's really a win win situation because if UCF comes out, plays Clemson, and gets boat raced, like Ohio State did, right? You can look at them and say, you know, this just lends more credence to the fact that we don't think that you belong here. And then if they win. You look really smart okay, for doing it. They get Auburn. Central mm-hmm. Florida gets Auburn now. What if Central Florida beats them? Auburn could have been in the number one or number two team in the playoffs. You had a yeah. win, though. All right, it's but like, I'm just saying they could have been. A lot of the talking heads during the week, and I, I agree with them when they say this, that the playoffs have happened. The playoffs have been the last two weeks. Pretty those, much. Those who won, move on. Mm-hmm. Those who didn't. Alabama Stay proved home. you can't win your own conference. That's where I like the basketball. I don't like that you give non-conference winners a chance to steal the, girl, the ring. But Alabama had their shot. They yeah. lost. Well, and Ohio State had their I, – I can I know where you're going, and I'll still say Iowa. That's all – that's the right. only uh, thing. But yeah. you did come back and you won your conference Okay, Syracuse and Clemson. It's the only game Syracuse won. Yeah, can you also point to the way that Ohio State lost to Clemson last year and them not wanting a replay of well, that? Yeah, but and they got shelled by Oklahoma. Not, Don't forget that one. To, that that was last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're well, about this year, and and that's that's what they tell you, but it's still in the back of your head. Think of that when they talk about seeding for the NCAA tournament in basketball. Well, preseason polls. It's all last Same year. Thing. Yeah. yeah. Now, to me. The first mistake was you have five power conferences in four spots. That's some real math right there. That's a problem waiting to happen. Well, it goes into five. Something didn't go into. Yeah. Okay, what are you going to do? You're going to give it a six? You're going to give it an eight? You got a month between this weekend and the big games. Why can't you take this four week period and play us? Division three does it, two does it. Why can't they? And I know the old argument I used uh, to don't hear. Give me the stuff about class. No, well, that was part of it, but it was, it, well, they're not going to travel. Was, if, These if people class won't do was it. such a big deal. Yeah, why, they're not playing why, school. Why, why were they talking about Barrett all, all Saturday, 
spending 15 hours in treatment mm-hmm. last week. Mm-hmm. He didn't go to any class. Cardale Jones said it best. We got to play school. It's a minor <laughs> league system, but Josh why can't Rosen you? Said the same do you thing think? As well. Do you think the fans won't travel? That was the argument we used to get all the time. Oh, these, you can't expect the fans to travel three weeks in a row. Why not? Well, that that would be tough. Corporate uh, money? No, I, the, the 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 day in and day out fan, the guy that goes to Ohio State, who's got a season ticket package for six games to spend his thousand dollars. But they're not traveling to the Orange Bowl or wherever bowl they're going. Most of them aren't. Get a lot of it though. I bet it would work. How do you fix it then? You've watched from the lowest levels with UD how they do it, how that level does it. They well, don't have a also, problem. You're also traveling there. You're traveling regionally. You're traveling for, uh, so? if it's over what, 420 miles, you fly. If it's shorter than that, it's a bus. You're looking seven-hour bus Can it rides. work? Can they fix it and make it work? TV can fix it make it work somehow. Now, granted, you're going to have number nine, number ten, whatever, still That's, complaining. That, right. I mean, even but, if you went to – 16. Well, you, somebody made an argument with the no math. Matter, no, no matter how many teams you allow in, there's always going to be somebody on the outside of that door. Yeah, that's true. Looking mm-hmm. in and, and wondering. There's never going to be a perfect playoff system. I mean, it, but like I said, this is this is where we went to. This is what this is what we deal with. But I mean, you know, again, if you're talking, you know, four spots, and you have five power five conference teams. Someone's going to get going to get left out, but it also brings that conversation and, and keeps people talking, and it keeps that interest that college football is looking for. You know, they well, got you it. Got four spots for five power conferences, right? And then tells, you get then you, you screw some Central Michigan last year was the odd man out. Mm-hmm. They were the flavor, okay? But that that also tells you that those five better went out. How you, much you, you can't you can't be you can't be too lost. You you again are going to know this better than any of us are. The Big Ten not getting in that Final Four, getting nobody. How much money? How much it? money did they lose because of that? I don't know. It, it, I mean, you, but whatever, a barrel of whatever it. you divide out from each of the bowl games. But that, that bowl game is going to be huge when that bowl payment is gets the goes to the conference and is divvied out to everybody whether you won one game in the conference or you won all six. But they say the Big Ten's a weak conference, but you have three teams in a top ten. How's that work? Who says that? Well, the talking hairdos. The commissioner even said that the Big Ten was not a strong conference, but yeah, you got Penn State, Wisconsin, Ohio State in the top ten. I mean, if you want to talk about Big Ten being a weaker conference, the SEC as a whole. They weren't very good this year at all either. They weren't. The, yeah, that's kind of cyclical. I know where you're going with that. I think that what you cyclical? cyclical. That means good like word. a big circle comes what comes around word. goes around. Holy moly! I are educationalized. Can't you see the smoke <laughs> rolling out of his ears? Mind blown. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's big time. That's the only word you ever cyclical was baseball when they were cyclical and around the bases <laughs> cyclical yeah that's a farming term the sickle that's where you got it see you're just honoring jethro bodine <laughs> i knew there was a trick to that cyclical i never knew that people would learn on my podcast holy awesome. moly i can't spell it but i, can I was gonna it. say don't worry people are they now what i was getting at smart ass <laughs> <laughs> now this yeah, is the better SEC, the yeah. sec right now yeah the bottom half of that league sucks absolutely and the bottom half of the big 10 isn't very good no but and i'm gonna go off the board a little bit on this when we look at leagues like that and even out west the pac 12 and, and the big uh big 12 whatever they're calling out a big eight used to be right 
when the scholarships are all changed 15, 18, 20 years ago, mm-hmm. and you went from 195 to 85. Right. What did that do? That produced six more teams in Florida. Mm-hmm. A lot of parity that, all of a sudden. Yeah. You got a lot of people and teams that used to have guys that never played so they were junior seniors and your red shirt and they're powerhouses because mm-hmm. they'd have a hundred guys on scholarship and they're just sitting there holding people mm-hmm. now how many number twos do you see in the big 10 backups your your depth isn't isn't there on a, right. a lot of places right hell there's there's all kinds of kids in florida and are playing at other schools who can show up and play as freshmen Mm-hmm. Or maybe or a sophomore you get in mm-hmm. where you'd sit for two or three years and use a red shirt year. You think of the old Notre Dame people, the old Ohio State, Oklahoma, UCLA, USC. They'd have all these guys all of a sudden they're seniors and wham, where were they at? But the kids years? now, right? And, and when you were back playing or any either you two, if you're in there now, are you going to bolt like most of these kids and go for leave after your first two years if you're not playing? Kids aren't well, hanging no, around no, either. No, that's true because there's other places. There's more places that that's what pay I think. you to be there. Why do you want to go and have Ohio State on the front of your shirt if you're not going to play till you're a senior now? There's too many yeah, opportunities yeah. to be had. Yeah. It's like the one and done. Are you in favor of that or not? I I used to say no. I'll just have it. If, if, a, if a baseball kid can go out of high school, if a tennis guy can go as a 16-year-old, a hockey kid can go as a 16-year-old. How do you tell him no? A golf guy. Exactly. If you and... want to go play pro ball and somebody's going to pay you, go ahead. And in three years, if if you're, you are you can't hack it, well, you, you, not to drive in a truck is a bad job. You go become a truck driver. You become a, a laborer. You do something. Most of the kids don't go to school to go to school. True. It's like the minor league system, True. and that's their step to get there. Yes. And the whole idea of going to college is to make a living anyway. So I don't know that they've ever found that bridge. Like you said, if you go and you bomb out, okay, now what? Well, my problem with the one, kind of the one and done thing is, is if, if that's going to be the case and if that's what these kids want to do, and I don't fault these no, kids going to do this because, you know, really at the root of it is most of the time that a kid is considered to go one and done, there's there's a backstory to it. There's something with their family they're struggling in some sort of way, and they want to be able to help and take care of their family. But if you're going to do something like that, and I've long thought that colleges, if you're going to do that and that's going to be the rule, then while they're in school, while they're there with you, let's give these kids some college courses on teaching them life skills. What's going to happen to you after this happens or if this doesn't work out for you because then they're – Left with empty hands. Don't they usually do that anyway? There there, there are there are programs like that, and what I'll say to that is, it doesn't matter what classes you're taking. If they don't want to do it, they're not going to do it. Right. And you think Uh of the the Ben Simmons guy that there was a show on Showtime where they followed him throughout the year. Mm -hmm. You know, he went took his four classes his first semester. His second semester, he was registered. He never went to class because he didn't have to. Right. Going to be, and, and the day that LSU lost in the He's SEC gone. playoffs, he withdrew from school. He used the system, and the system and the system used him. The, the school used him to put some seat to, to win some games, which didn't happen because that program wasn't very good. Right. But the drama behind him. They they, they used each other. Yeah. Now, in a perfect system, yeah, you'd use each other, and everybody would. Uh, Go get a job and go play pro ball and move on. But that's 
It's a microwave world. Yeah. They it's, want it's it now, like the fans. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. And, and Instant like, gratification. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're seeing that now, obviously, at UD with basketball. They're seeing it a lot of places. Indiana's getting a taste of it with Squiggy. If they don't win right away, all hell breaks loose. The fans... Well, are so you, much yeah, different. It, there's no. It is, you said this to me the other day. Involved, so you, you need to be. You said this about a quarterback right to me not long ago. Aaron Rodgers. He sat. A lot of guys sit. Oh, yeah, you can't do that anymore. Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Steve McNair. Warren Moon. Steve Warren Young. Moon, Warren. Yeah. You know, Warren Moon. Steve Young. Um, you learn, especially guys who would come out early. You got to learn the craft. Instead, like the the guy with the Browns, the kid with the Browns, um, guys, Shazier. Or, Kaiser, Kaiser, yeah. You got a kid that, who came out of college early, and he went into college young. He's only 21 years old, physically and mentally. I don't think he's there. And what did they do? They put him into the big leagues behind a line that's horrible. And this poor guy's running around like a chicken with his head cut off because. And he's going to get another around. coach before long too. Yeah. yeah. Now, if he spent, and doesn't mean you got to spend four years in college. But when you're looking at the money involved, am I going to stay around if they're going to give me all this money? Heck with it. I'll, I'll leave, get the money. If I actually really wanted to go back to school, I'll do it later. But say, you can have it written gonna, in. Who's going to matter? Mm-hmm. We're sitting with the round table. Adam Ammerman's with us, Tony Crusoe. Lee Mallon's over there on the board. Hi, I'm here. i got a question. you got topics, too. I do have but some topics. You guys, and including you, the topics on your mind right now in sports what's beside obviously the college football what's the other ones that are grabbing your attention the most i want to see where the japanese guy goes oh tani do you really think the reds got a shot at him like they're talking about no No. although he did say i read something where he said he wanted to go to a small market seattle and the giants i guess are seattle because of the the Ichiro probably would hurt. I think Japanese ownership in uh, in Seattle also. Yes. There's the Dodgers that are still in it. Cubs. There's like six teams. Stanton is also on the table, especially for a Cardinal fan. That's was that that's something that's been on my mind to, to see where to see where Stanton goes to. I mean, we've already like I said we've we've moved Diaz, and I think it's a move. If they can get Stanton, I think it, it's it's more of a to send a message to Matheny to say. Hey, all right, we've given you a big name free agent. If this doesn't work, then You're this is probably work. his last stand. Absolutely. I yeah. told Adam before you got here, Zach Kozar is going to be a Cardinal before it's over. That wouldn't be a bad thing. Well, they just got rid of the shortstop of the future in St. Louis. Yep. So you signed Kozar for two years for a bridge? Why not? I'd like to see the Reds bring him back. I, I wouldn't mind seeing him back. He's a He's a – Good all-round guy, and I remember him when he was here with the Dragons. And they don't have anybody else. Um, <laughs> and, and he's a a good fielder, and he's a decent stick. I mean, he had a really good offensive year this year, but in general, what's he do? He's good at hitting the ball the other way. Yeah, he does not a problem way. in a clubhouse either. No, no. And he's Joey Votto would love it because he could play with profe- his donkey. Solid professional. <laughs> Pin the tail I, on I the forgot, donkey. I forgot all about that donkey. I just think Cozart – would fit perfectly in St. Louis. Why the Reds don't want to try to get him back? Maybe they do. They have nothing coming up. Peraza is not your answer. No. You saw Sinzel when he was here, didn't you? No. I, I did. Can he play shortstop? 
He was at third base. I mean, if you want to put Suarez back at short, no, sure. No, no, but no, 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 no. I don't, move, I don't nice move him. job learning yes. third base. Yeah. His footwork him. is a thousand times better than it, than it used to be. Yeah. He's 25. I'm not moving Suarez, period. Who goes in the outfield? Does my hero Billy Hamilton finally get dumped? Whatever happened to Billy Hamilton to the Giants thing? Did that? It's not dead yet. Maybe they're waiting to see what Stanton does. Mm -hmm. I've liked Hamilton. I think he can do a lot of things. Name two. He needs to get on base in order to do that. (laughs) Name two. He's a hell of a defensive outfielder. That's one, yes. and he can run. And he can run. Got anything else? No, you got to get on base for the rest That's of the That's the problem. Batter. Now right. that it's five years later. That's the kicker been, right there. It's been know. five years. That's not but a small I, I, sample. Let me ask you this, since you've been around baseball forever. Is he a good example of how Major League Baseball is diluted and that you have 30-something teams and you got a guy who didn't spend, you know, Maury Will spent, Six years in the minor leagues. Are we uh, making a case for contraction here in some sort of way? Um, that wouldn't be bad. <laughs> I don't think it would be bad at all because the quality of play would go up. The quality of play in the big leagues is horrible. I've always felt this way, and you're going to disagree, and that's fine. I think there's plenty of talent in baseball. It's not limited to the United States. Obviously, you can go to the moon and find players. It comes down to the scouts finding them. It comes down to the minor league coaches and managers and organizations teaching these kids and giving them the time to develop. I use you as a perfect example. If you were pitching now like you did back in the day. That'd be pretty good at almost 60 years old. You know what I'm talking about, though. You know and I know you had as good a stuff because you were told this. By a Dodger scout, if I remember yeah, right. Yeah. You had as good a stuff ago. as Mario Soto, if I remember the statement right. But like you had a hit of John Belushi, so things didn't really well. work out well. But my point being, <laughs> there are plenty of players available. There's a ton of talent I just think there. there's a ton of talent. Hamilton has got – he could run, he can field. No question. Outside of that, like you said, you can't run if you're not on base. And when is he running? Does it matter when he's stealing these bases? Most of the time, not. Um, I think he's in the right situation with Cincinnati because they have no other center fielders. Does he? Would he be an everyday player? No, not for me. No, he'll save runs as a pitcher, and that's where you're coming yeah. from—the pitchers' union. Yeah, I give you that. He'll save you runs. I just can't deal with a guy that doesn't get on base, and the fans just love this kid. He's a China doll. He's a dime a dozen. You know it, and I know it. Yeah, and that's why I said before about there's a lot of people in the big leagues that don't belong there. Oh, without question. But there are a lot of kids in the minor leagues that do belong. And some don't get that chance. A lot some don't. Just well, sit and, and right when, there. And He's when, sitting right there. Billy Hamilton was a first-round pick, second-round pick, got a whole bunch of money given to him. He's going to get the opportunity the other guys oh, don't. That's no in, doubt about it. Every every system. Unless you're Brandon Larson. <laughs> Rule number one, well, high draft choices yeah. hang around. Yeah. I don't – I the way I've read it with Dick Williams, the GM, sounds to me like they're trying to get rid of him. Williams wants on base percentage. He's not on base percentage. Winkers, no, they've not. already said, is going to play. Yeah. So you got Shebler, Duvall, and him. Can Shebler play center field? Well, he tried. I mean, he's obviously not going to go get the ball like Hamilton. No, but he, he'll – 
He'll drive some runs in. He's Adam Dunn uh, playing center field. Yeah. And if he can play some defense. You have the choice. Right. Duvall, Shebler, Hamilton I'm just going to throw out because I don't want him anyway. Well, Who you get rid of? Out of Duvall? Duvall or Shebler? Probably Shebler because he doesn't have a resume Duvall has in his first two years. But the one thing that I'll say about Duvall is if you've noticed him in the last two seasons after Second the All-Star the break. Yeah. Diabetes possibly? I yeah. mean, I mean, his, his production falls off drastically. Do you see him and think year. Gold Glove, Duvall? Uh, I mean, he's obviously he, been up he, for the he, finals he, two he years in a row. Pretty damn close because he's he gets to a lot of stuff. He catches pretty much anything. He throws mind, people out, and he throws yeah. a lot of people out. But I look at him and say, Gold Glove, really? Well, yeah, but that's, he's he's. He's clanky when he does it. Oh, he's clanky, but Hamilton's he not, and that. he still can't win one. Well, that's true. That's, true. that's probably yeah. offensive-related. I would think there's something involved with that, even though it's not supposed to be. Well, I'd, I'd like to know if Tucker Barnhart has called Mark and thanked him for that gold glove that he that won. That first pitch throwout. <laughs> <laughs> People seem to forget. <laughs> there's a video of the last forever. I think my arm's still somewhere between the mound and the plate. I just remember telling him, Tucker, if you let this throw go and hit hitch, I'll be a happy man. That was a great pitch. He just made a good play on it. That was poor. That it was real poor. I have to see the video of it. It's on, yeah, it's on it? YouTube, yeah. I think. It's on the worldwide I, 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 I caught a by complete surprise. You know, I just thought to myself, I, you know, I wonder if there's any, oh, maybe yeah. maybe some video of the show somewhere on YouTube or something like that. So I just dropped in Mark's name yeah, and the Google very first name. Slimmer, it'll show up. There's yeah, a lot the of very first stuff will show up. Throwing a first you. pitch Google to Tucker machine. Barnhart. Could you imagine our show being on TV like Patrick's? Oh, no. <laughs> no. People wouldn't believe this. No. Well, then you'd have to have to see Twelve Pack come up there and try to talk. No. <laughs> he was. He's still around, I guess. I think he's, he's Miamisburg. I think somebody said. I think Comrade sees him all the time. Uh, you, were, you were, and then I'll blow. I'm not blowing smoke up you, but uh, you were a large help to him. <laughs> know where you're going with this? Uh, I mean. You know the story about him. He had had some uh, some problems in his life, and uh, well, he. We 12 pack, 12 pack is self explanatory. Right. The night on the right. show, he said, I said, you're the, maybe you did it. You said, you're the kind of guy that takes a six pack to the store to get a 12 pack. And he goes, no, actually, I only carry three. Yeah. <laughs> and he was dead serious. But I can remember uh, you but, talking to, uh, talking to him about that. And he, and he would say, you know, it had been this, how what's long the best been? Iced tea? Your iced tea. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. you were, you were kind of Jimmy Swaggered or somebody on one of them guys with him. <laughs> Definitely wasn't Jerry Falwell. <laughs> <laughs> but there, yeah, there's, what the what the effect that show had on so many people? Yeah, it's just I'd go through stores and you know people would look at you funny, and you, at first you're kind of like, all right, what's this? And then you realize they're one of us. Yeah, they were yeah. our people. But yeah, God, twelve pack. What a piece of work. What's on your sports plate now? Um. I think it's kind of interesting to see. You know, it, it recently to me the AFC had been. A better comp to the NFC, and I just don't know where the power shift happened. To me, overall, the NFC looks to be a much tougher conference to make it out of. NFC is always defense to me. AFC is like the old AFL, fire and fall back. AFC West right now is like a big toilet. Three teams at six and six. Chargers are coming out of there, I'm afraid. 
that wouldn't be bad. Even if they only put twenty thousand in the kickball stadium they play in, right? Yeah, uh, I think, uh, I think uh, that'd be pretty like good. We need them to lose. I think something Why? like that, right? The rest of the West, okay, give one team, but the rest of them get them away. Because the Bengals got any shot at all? No, all those six, gonna, that won't happen. I'm telling you, they're no. going to lose one more game. That's it. Could be tonight, but I don't think so. Oh, they'll lose tonight. No, it's I a Monday, and, and it's, it's on Steelers. bright lights. And, yeah, right. By tomorrow morning, every kid in Cincinnati will have orange hair like Andy Dalton. I, I just don't see it. Put the glue away. You shouldn't be sniffing that mono glue. <laughs> yeah. I know. I just, Tony, check that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Check that. It's on Monday night, which obviously they don't do well. The bright lights are on, which obviously they don't do well. But I think I'd rather have this game on Monday night at home, knowing what they have to do. Antonio Brown may play, may not. Not that that's – Gonna matter. How many stupid penalties are you gonna get out of uh, your defensive? Did you see the stat on that? Your, your linebacker. Since 2007 or nine, in a Bengal Steeler game, only one game has been played where there hasn't been a taunting, unnecessary roughness, roughing mm. the passer, or a fight. Didn't you post something today about Burfick saying that uh, Antonio Brown's injury in the playoff game a couple years it was fake? They thought that a long time ago. <laughs> oh, Pac-Man's want to start at that. I just got a feeling they know they have to have this one. Pittsburgh, dis- that, that organization is not disciplined enough to be able to. Put oh, there's no doubt out. about that. And and Tomlin punks Marvy every time, over there yeah. glad handing him, doing a soul train lineup and all that nonsense, and he punks him every time. And punks him to the point to where when he was asked about the Bengals game, he's like, "Well, we're looking forward to New England." Yeah, they got to get Ben game. on the ground. <laughs> you got to get him on the ground and stop Le'Veon Bell. Now that doesn't mean Juju Schuster and. The other wide receiver, Brand doesn't go off on him, but the tight end might be good to cover once because well, they always seem to forget about Jesse James and the other tight ends. I, I just got a feeling they're going to win. Tonight, so don't put any bad juju on juju. He's in my fantasy. I just, league. I'm <laughs> telling you, so don't do that. they're going to, they're going to take, they're going to beat him. Now they may lose in Minnesota when they go up there in two weeks, but if they can win tonight. You got the Bears coming in next. Bears that should be good. a win. Nope, that should be no. seven and six if they can. And then you got Minnesota, Detroit, and finish with the Ravens. It's possible. Now, but the problem with all this is if it happens, Marvy's going to get another extension. Mm-hmm. And then what? Wow. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about it. You want him to win. And uh, another first-round exit. Oh, boy. Can't maybe win. not. Yeah. No. How many no. times will Blodine get run over tonight? Yeah, a lot. A whole lot. He and should be at Walmart. How many times will the Bengals' defensive line be able to get to Ben? Not a lot. Michael yeah. Johnson, I see he's got a back problem. Carl Lawson's had a nice surprise for the Bengals this year. They haven't yeah, tried to yes. make him a stand-up linebacker like they did with Wilson a couple years ago. Right. I mean, Lawson has got one basic spin move, but he's pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. You know, the fat guy's in the middle. Sims, I didn't understand cutting him and bringing him back. That was a little bit peculiar. It had to do something with money. It had to be. That or an injury. Now, yeah. Billings has started to play better. But the key's going to be getting bent on the ground and stopping the Le'Veon linebackers Bell. are healthy either, do you? Well, you got Vinny Ray's out, Vigil, who all of a sudden looks like he's running in cement. Vinny Ray's been a, a, he's a, a special nice, teams guy. He's been a nice addition. He's like Pierman when he's healthy. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now, I want to see the Evans kid play, the kid from Oklahoma, number 50. He's a good – he can run. Well, he's got to play now because I don't know who their other backups, Hardy, Har, Har, Nickerson. <laughs> who I – Really had a hard time even remembering that he was in the league. When you said Hardy Nickers, I said. That's his kid. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, that's his kid from Illinois. He led it like the Big Ten in tackles. Yeah, really. They've cut him up and down like three times this year. But backups, that's about all they got. 
Vigil's out. But I think they beat them. I don't know. It'd be nice, but I don't. It'd see be real that. nice. I am wearing I a Bengals shirt happen. right now, and I and I I don't I I don't see it. I just don't. Confident like said, fans, man. Well, it, it, it's not that. It's you know, in years past, when this team was when they had a winning record and things of that nature, there were there was still there was an edge to this team. There was an identity to this. Yeah, team. Yeah, it's called Perfect and Pac Man Jones. Well, but you don't have that. You don't have that anymore. I still feel like they. I think they're starting to figure out with Joe Mixon that, that he can be, you know, that kind of a back that, that can do, carry the workload for you and things like that. I just don't feel like that there's any killer instinct there, and I think that's Andy He Dalton. could be Jim Brown. Mixon's doing it but with no you, line in front you of him. you got right. Bodine, Bowling Ball, Ooga Boogie, and Trey Hopkins, who has been cut like 73 times. Where's the two kids on the practice? Westerman, they drafted. Alex Redman, they drafted. Are they that much worse that they had to bring Winston back? Mm-hmm. What the hell does that tell you? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm when your line couch, stinks, yeah. Yeah. what are you waiting on to find else. out? Came off the couch. Bengals have a practice team, right, with uh, young players. They yeah, the practice squad, up. like all yeah. of them. But that's they drafted these kids three years ago, and they're not even seeing the light of day. No, and the offensive line's been the big problem. Dalton has like, his issues. And yeah. don't you think Whitworth's happy he got out of town? Yeah. He's happier there in first place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He could have gone anywhere as long as there was Zeitler. He's probably thrilled there owing a dozen, but every time he goes the ATM card, yeah. oh, that owing 12 doesn't look so bad now. That I've, I've been thinking to honestly, am I the only person sitting at this table that think that the Browns are only about a legit – Quarterback away from being a competitive team. Five who's offensive you, who's linemen. Th- who's he going to throw it to? A running back. But that's where all their money's at. It's in the offensive line. Well, now Thomas is hurt. If if they've if had one offensive lineman in fifteen years. I mean, they got all these defensive guys, but yet they're still losing. They're still losing. Now, granted, but, they're on the field a hell of a lot because the offense, like telling you, that Kaiser should be holding a clipboard for two years. Well, and, and that that kind of leads me to where I was talking. About. If, if, and it's always an if, and and I'm sure I'll get a chuckle out of this, if Josh Gordon can stay, because I, I believe that if he can stay on a straight and narrow path, to me, he's a top five or ten receiver no doubt. in the NFL. When he's yeah. been healthy and off or on the field. Now, somebody sent me a great question the other day. He admits to selling drugs when he's in college. Really? What? Oh God! It was all over the yeah. internet. He, he came to, out and said, "Didn't he go to Baylor? He, yeah, he made he like a ten k a day. Really? Like yeah. In he, college? Oh yeah. yeah. He documented this. Wow. And then somebody goes, "Why is he not in jail? Yeah. How's he in the league when he's admitted he sold drugs for ten k a day in college? The IRS. Oh, it, it was all over the stuff he did. But if they have, if he's healthy, oh, he's for real. Because I believe that they have." Some pieces on offense. I like Crowell. Crowell like and Duke, Duke Johnson like are very Duke good. Johnson. If Josh Gordon can stay where he's at, and if they can, and they get Joe Thomas back next year, I'm not sure he's going to come. Defensively, back. I have not seen them get horribly boat raced against. No, any not on the, the field Bengals, a lot. Yeah, but if they were, there's going to be plenty. I believe there's going to be plenty of free agent quarterbacks out of there. You're going to have Alex Smith. You're Cousins, McCarron. Cousins, McCarron. How many draft picks have the Browns got in the first two three rounds? Two top ten so right now. Again, three rounds, they got ten picks. If you take a guy like Alex Smith or Eli, Eli. something along those lines, and use them, honestly, like you said, Kaiser needs to be holding a clipboard. Use somebody as a good – go out and pay money for a good starting quarterback – 
pay some money for him, let him be a bridge, and let him learn. I know that I can't be the only one that thinks that they could be with a legit quarterback behind them. Still, they they could be a six to seven to eight win team. You see Peyton Manning going up there, Tony? I mean, there's been that's, rumors. That's what I yeah. You've heard a lot of stuff. Well, about he and Haslam are buddy there. buddy, yeah, and, and being part owner and uh, and that would that tarnish his legacy because of, I I, no, I think he no, could help I, him. I, I, but if something like that happens, you're starting all over again. They're going you're, to you're anyway. Cleaning house from the trainer to the equipment guy They're to the guy that sweeps anyway. the locker room all the way to the head. Don't forget the field stitcher. Oh wait, that was Indy. I that think the only way Manning goes, <laughs> the only way Manning will go, is if he gets part ownership. Yeah. And do you think if Manning goes to Cleveland, that he could talk Eli? Oh, there's no doubt. Coming with unless him? he goes to Jacksonville with Tom Coughlin. I could That's, see that happening yep. first because Jacksonville's got an offensive line, as Eli's been getting the hell beat out of him all this year. Why would he want to? Here's go up the other there problem with that. Haslam's in still in hot water for the Flying J fraud case. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they said that the other day that problems. could still take him yeah. down. So yeah. how how deep does this go? And his brother's the uh, governor, governor of Tennessee. I didn't Funny know how that happened the other day. Huh. Don't worry, Kane is on his heels as a Speak, politician. Speaking of Tennessee. Oh my God! How about the the volunteers you know John there, John Gruden. Well, yeah, from your days he's here. Yeah. Do you think he's ever coming back to coaching? I don't. No, no I, I'd be surprised no. if he's he, got a sweet gig in broadcasting. Like I don't think that's know, got anything to do with it. I don't think he wants to tarnish that legacy. Well, yeah. that and you can go sit on the beach and do Corona ads. Very true. <laughs> or go to Hooters and eat wings yeah. and do them. He no, throws, I don't. I don't think he throws rumors out there all the time about it. Well, for you himself. know, he never says anything. Somebody else says something. You've never it's, heard his voice say. It's always isn't it like some, some talking head yeah. says something. It's like the faux account. Like it's not even ran by. Him. I don't it's see him like, doing it. No, I don't either. I can't. In college. What about Herm Edwards? What the hell is he thinking? That tells me ESPN's <laughs> ship is going down quick, and he was going to be part of it. You know, yeah. the Herm Edwards thing. He just wants to go back. His buddy's EAD. Oh, is he? Yeah, I'm they were buddy-buddy. Buddy. How many times? The, I just saw something on the machine the other day. The guy that was the coach at Kentucky years ago, Lee Smith, um, is coaching Kentucky State. Now. Tubby Smith? No, no, football. Oh, uh, Lee, oh, oh, Lee Smith, Lee something. Mommy? Not how No, mommy. no, it's uh, Lee J. Smith. Or maybe the guy was, was he at Louisville, maybe? But he, the, this guy's an old guy, been yeah. around for years. You're talking about Larry, um, Larry Smith? Larry Smith, yeah. yeah. He's at Kentucky Louisville. State. Wants a coach, always Wants a coach. Just, yeah. Except for your last miles, and then nobody mm-hmm. wants you for whatever reason. Yeah. Nobody yeah. knows yet. Yeah. Your boy Brian Price, speaking of leadership, is he coming back, or how long, I should say, will he last? <laughs> Who's got the better gig? Hugh Jackson at one in five thousand or Brian Price four straight losing last place seasons? Brian Price because Absolutely because or Marvin the, Lewis the, tra- the travels the travels all first class when you gotta go. And he's been rewarded for his futility. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's been No, I, I will I will say this and, and I've been lucky enough this past football season that Hal McCoy traveled with us and covered uh U D football for that had to be fun. Very, very much. Friday evening, sitting there at dinner, having a beer, and, and, and just BSing with him. He thinks, and he said that Brian Price isn't as bad as his record, which, you know, if you gave him, maybe he would manage differently if he had better players. Now, how likes Brian Price, admittedly. He liked uh, Dusty Doubleday, too, though. And I'll go back to, and, and you know this from being a coach and being a manager, 
when your legacy or your life or your paycheck every two weeks uh, is determined by the outcome of others, seventeen-year-old, eighteen-year-old kids, especially, that makes it really hard. But I will make you the argument with Brian Price, Barnhart, Vado, Jeanette had a career year. Cozart had a career year. Suarez had a career year. The outfield, including China Doll, Hamilton, they set records for offense. He's a pitching coach. Why aren't they better? Four years is a nice sample. Why does a big offensive coordinator say Charlie Weiss, who's an NFL offensive coordinator? Because he cheated his ass off. That's why. why. Why can't he? Why don't they see him winning? Conference? Well, it's like Joe Torrey, and coach? you know Torrey was pathetic with yeah. the Mets and Daniel and everybody else. Players. He gets to New York, and all of a yeah. sudden he's Casey Stengel. Yeah. To me, Brent Price has had four years to prove something, and he hasn't. I'm not disagreeing. He um, might be a great guy. I remember when he took over for Dick Pohl uh, as the pitching coach. Probably said the same things and taught the same things and used some different words. Different voice. Guys, guys bit onto yep. it, and that pitching staff was pretty good. Or it um, could be that they saw a new pitching coach, and the next guys out of here would be themselves. That's, that's true. I think his message has fallen on deaf ears. Um, some of his in-game movements are very well, questionable. Yeah, his X's and O's, I think, have been questionable. I very I, I will agree. questionable. Um, but sometimes... What are you going to do when that's what you're given? Oh, I grant you. When you've got Hamilton, you can't hide him anywhere in the order, yeah. and they've tried ninth. And, and you, you you start 35 different pitchers in a year. Uh, yeah, that's that, a problem. That goes back to administration and, and, and the program that you need to go back below. And, and you've heard me talk about this when I worked at the Dragons for a while. That One of the things some of the people down there would say is, the Reds organization is scout driven and that and, and saying that you know they draft them scouts want them they draft them and they tell us to make a player out of them well draft some ball players that we can work on to make move up well you saw Garrett he was having success and all of a sudden he's back in triple a they did it to Stevenson and Stevenson even made a comment that shot my confidence yes I, I read that those are very questionable if you're the Braves proved just you're going to get beat on let these kids learn up here. Uh, uh, yeah, if you're going to – Price is your you. pitching coach manager. Well, don't you want him right here in front of you? Well, I think that's one of the things I think the organization did that was good was bringing Ted Power up, having him out in the bullpen because he was – People don't realize that is more of a job coach. than just saying, okay, get up, warm up, yeah. you're going in. Right. There's a lot more to being a bullpen coach, which we didn't have those when we played. Neither did we have a bench coach either. Yeah. But yeah. it's it's more important than they think – the one thing I've always questioned, and, and you were around the Dragons enough to see this, and I'm, Tom Browning is kind of where I'm going with this, his philosophy of pitching is different than, say, a power, a price. Yeah. How much difference or how difficult well, is it for these kids? you got so many cooks in this kitchen. But organizationally, and I know where you're going with that, organizationally, and I'll bring up the Dodgers. You think of what the Dodgers did for all those years. All their pitchers came up. Mechanics were similar. Pitching styles were similar. What you threw in certain counts were similar. But also, you had guys that played six, seven years in the minor yep. leagues. They they had a thousand innings under their belt of pitching before they got. And Sandy Koufax, Don Drysel, some of the guys are it's an aberration. But even Koufax was five years in the big leagues before he could do anything right. Um, organizationally, when you have a lot of changes in the in the minor leagues, 
because of changes in the front office, are you? Te- they're, they're not being taught the same thing. Philosophies change. Yeah, everybody you changes. Think, a think wheel. of the Braves. Um, the when when Maddox and uh, Glavin and all those guys were there, and Leo Mazzoni was the, the pitching coach. He learned from Johnny Sane, who was there for all those years, and their theories that they used with throwing every day and doing things mechanically the same, a lot of the same way, and, and how they taught started when when the guys in rookie ball from day one, and those guys worked their way up and through. You mentioned mechanics, and this is something that I've always – I know what it means, and, and I'm going to use quarterbacks, hitters, pitchers. If there's perfect mechanics, why doesn't everybody throw the same way? You look at a quarterback, and they say he's too small, he's too short, he doesn't throw over the top. Phillip Rivers throws three-quarters of sidearm. Yeah, he throws sidearm. Flutie wow. was yeah. five-foot-nothing, yeah. and Cozart, or Bernie Cozart threw, oh, like, Kent to Colby. sometimes. Some, yeah. <laughs> you know, Brett Favre. Yeah, he's over the top, but then again, he wasn't. But those are those are special players. Yeah, I was going to say. But Flutie wasn't. I'm just saying, there. if everybody hit the same, Pete Rose didn't hit the same way. No. But everybody – when the swing gets there, it's yeah, pretty similar. Think of, think of golf guys. Jim Furyk, you wouldn't want to try to replicate his swing. But when you get, whether it's a hitter, baseball and, and golf, when you look at where their hands are at in the hitting zone, they're all the same. But where you start, you look everybody at, goes, no, you got to no, don't. Louis Tion had all the swing and all around. Yep. But when he got his his front leg back up over his back leg on the rubber and was ready to go down the hill, Everything was right. Kershaw's there. the most recent guy. People are going, "How do you do that?" Yeah, but but if you stopped him when he got to his power position with his with his lead leg up over the rubber, he's loaded he, up, ready to go. So, yeah, exactly. Bobby Tolan, all his stuff. Kari Strensky in the day. But but when their hands, when the ball was there and their hands were ready to go, they're down and in that eight to twelve inch part of the swing. They're right there. Yeah, how many guys do you see now in baseball that have the Sadaharo leg kick? Yeah, Back in the day, no, no, yeah. you don't well, even think about that. They, they talk. The big buzzword this year was um, butt hurt. <laughs> well, that's it, the newest word. When you learned how to use that word. <laughs> launch angles were. Oh, I like that one. Now, when I was a kid, backspin off the bat. Launch, there's another launch one. Launch angle meant it, what they talk about. Launch angle now. That was that an was an uppercut. Yeah. So what, where did you throw an uppercut? You threw it above their hands. John Schmoltz was wetting his pants about that this year in the World Series at launch angle, and he's going to pitch him up. Well, yeah, because you can't get you to can't it. You can't get to it. So why would you throw him, as Tony Perez would say, I, mean, I won't say that, but right down the middle, and, and have him be able to hitch and go. But then I'll, well, I'll go back to saying that the quality of the pitching, the quality in the big leagues isn't as good as it used to be, because of expansion and everything, so you got guys pitching who should be in double A and aren't good enough to do it. Is it also not letting them pitch inside got a lot to do with that? Oh, there's a lot of that. But, you know, the other the, – the big leagues, you can't pitch inside, true. But that they're not taught to pitch inside from the age of 10 up because you're using an aluminum bat and you can't pitch inside. The out pitch is outside. The out pitch is a slider or something away or something off speed. Because you can jam a guy with a metal bat all the way through college, and and he can still fist it and get halfway decent metal on it and put it in play. Or if you hit him, all hell breaks loose. Yeah. But that the metal bat has changed, changed that. So now guys feel safe, and you're not allowed to throw inside anyway. 
so the guy feels safe. So you buzz him a little bit. And if you watch TV, they they show guys half a step leading in, and the, the pitch is inside, but it's almost a strike. And Some of them are strikes. They're jumping up and down because it, it was near me. Lee, you, have a, you haven't given us your sport topic yet. What do you got? College hoops around here is pretty big. A1C, the Crosstown shootout. How about your boy Mick Corona getting escorted off the court? (laughs) Outstanding effort. I had his dad for high school. When I was in high school, his dad was one of my teachers. Somebody asked me yesterday, or after that game, how is he still in Cincinnati? I think he's done a pretty good job all in all, and I think the Mm. biggest problem, they won't let him get out from under hugging Shadow. I I did mention that to you the other day. I mean, why it seems like, and how many years ago has it been since Huggins has been gone? Ten? It's been a while. It it still seems like that there is still a hangover from Bob Huggins. Is it because they have Ralph Underhill at Wright State? Same thing. Uh Is it because they haven't had that level of uh, of success since then? Since Huggins Mm -hmm. or Woody Hayes and Bo Schembechler? I'd give you Don Donner until Squiggy took him to four straight. Um, Yeah. Although the age has kind of changed a little bit, fan wise, but. I think that Huggins thing is just hanging over him. Now, I'm not saying Cronin's I don't think – one great. of the reasons I think Cronin is still there is that's where he went to school. It's where he grew up. He grew Good up point. in Cincinnati, went to Oak Hills High School. And he has had success. And, and his family's there, and, and he's been successful. That's yeah. that's something I – years ago, I think he said, this is – I wanted to coach this place where I went to school. It's turned into quite a rivalry. Uh, yeah, the XUC thing's been a rivalry for years. Well, back in the Tony H days when – yeah, somebody was always bad back then. They were One real team bad. Was bad, and X wasn't very good, and UC was good. And how long is there? How long is a rivalry a rivalry before it's not a rivalry? And I'm aiming at Michigan, pretty much football. How many With times Ohio do you State? get smoked? Easy before it's not a rivalry. Well, as soon as, as soon as the other, as soon as you win one, it's back. It's on. back on. Yeah. But what are they running? Thirteen out of fourteen. Yeah, I I believe I I heard something like that the other day. Um, only yeah, like one in the one in the last twelve years. I think that was that was the uh, the Luke Fickle. I was going to say that was the Fickle one, year. One one thing that brings that back, saying when you're saying maybe it's not a rivalry. Harbaugh comes back, it becomes a rivalry because he's he's a and Michigan it still guy. Is. He it, takes it. it, it still, still is, is but sure. yes, but he he comes back and he brings that with him. Something there, that might another, have been missing. There's another question I got for you, and since you're the Michigan guy, I'll throw it at you too. Hardball coming back? I, yeah, let me no, put this I, I, I know I, a guy that's got 500 bucks in Vegas on a bet that says he's coming back and not going to the NFL. Yeah, he'll I, stay. I like Michigan. I always have, but I can't stand them right now because Harbaugh's there, and you know. The Colts, <laughs> Bears line. come open. Is that? Well, Harbaugh reminds me of a young Buck Showalter, everywhere he Ooh, went. Ooh, a style master. Well, think of this. Everywhere he goes for the first. Now Showalter's been at well, old Orioles now. a long time. But everywhere he went, after four years, people got pissed John at him. Move on. That Somebody grinding, got grinding through a four-year span. It, it, mm-hmm. Showalter, okay, he's everywhere. in his fourth year? Yeah, yeah. Yes, absolutely. And, and when he showed up up year. there, when he showed up in Michigan, he didn't care about who was there. There's a lot of this guy's gone. That guy's gone. Administration, workers, whatever. I want. Oh my God! Well, you got two guys making a million as assistants. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, coming or going. I don't really care. <laughs> <laughs> I, personally, I mean, I'd like to see him lose a hundred games in a row. I just yeah. can't stand him. I think, and that, it goes back to 
our problems. You faced him in yeah. San Diego. Yeah, that's that's right. UD did face him yeah. when he was out there. <laughs> and when, when, when he had when, – when all of a sudden uh, the second week of preseason camp in August, you get a fifth-year senior transfer from University of Utah, I think – or no, excuse me, it was BYU – to come for one semester to be a fifth-year senior quarterback when all of a sudden you have some offensive linemen come to from uh, Washington State, I think it was, to a school that costs $60,000 to go to school. And these guys go from scholarship programs to paying to go play? Excuse me? And then, Not when, you're, bit shaky. then when you're up 40-something to seven in the fourth quarter and you go for two? Woody Hayes. Yeah. Uh, and he did that to everybody. And he tried to do it when he left there and went to uh, Stanford. Well, I no, think well. if he goes anywhere, if he if they do show him the hook, then you can crank up the Les Miles talk again. Oh, I don't. Oh, I agree with that. Why? Maybe that's what Les Miles. That's where Les Miles on. went. Yeah, maybe he's, that's what he's waiting. Do you on. think they'd give him the hook this soon? I don't think so yet. Uh, well, I don't think he'd get the hook. That's a hell of a payout if, if, if they do. Well. I think the calamity at quarterback this year that they had at quarterback this year. Like I said, I McCaffrey coming in and Peters, they look like they're going to be okay. Well, yeah, now, but like I said, because I, me being a Michigan fan, and like I said, if Ohio State fans can be objective, and they can, and I said something to you about it, I really feel like that Michigan in, in the game two weeks ago was one competent quarterback away. There were two yeah, passes in the first quarter away. Game, I watched O'Corn. Throw, miss so many open receivers. First quarter. I've I, I've never seen a guy who has no sense of a pocket collapsing around him. He hold, he he held the ball for entirely too long, and I I don't know how many times this year I screamed at my TV. <laughs> what are you doing? Please just just get rid of the ball. So eventually, I don't think he make, leaves. No, I don't think so either. Not but this eventually, year. Not this I don't year, think I don't. so either. I really don't. Eventually, they're going to make uh, technology where you scream at your TVs and then the players hear it. Yeah. <laughs> Get these voices out of my head! That would, be, that would be interesting. What if Peters played that um, the game? He was hurt. But uh, what if he wasn't? What if he played that game? If he'd have played, I think it's a different game, personally. I, I, I think so, too. I feel the same way myself. And just watching him before – and watching them – you know, in, in the couple of games that they had with Peters, their passing attack, while it wasn't great, it was still better. And, you know, I, I think that that's part of the reason that that Ohio State doesn't get in this year. Again, I talked about the Clemson thing, and I know Tony said, you know, that was last year, whatever the case is. I just didn't think that – I don't think that the, that the committee wanted to, wanted to see that or hear things like that because I think the blueprint for how you beat the Buckeyes is out there because it, it seems like at times – you saw it in Iowa. You saw it in Oklahoma. Throw to the corners. <laughs> yeah. It, well, if you will come out and you will punch them in the mouth right away and you put up a couple quick scores on them, and it seems like to me at times when Urban is caught off guard like that, he almost looks like a deer in the headlights. Like what's like happened? Marvin Lewis? Yeah. Uh, yeah. What's happened here? How did this happen this quickly? And why are there, why are the special teams so bad? He runs a special team, if I remember right. That's his. I'm not sure. I think that's his thing. How much time are we running on this thing? You got to be running long. Uh, hour and a half. We can go three hours if you want. I don't know if it'll Hell no. <laughs> I got to go to work. I was going to say, he's got to go back to work. <laughs> I'm we're, on lunch hour. Uh, we got, we're at an hour and a half, so if anyone's got to leave, you know. We can always do another one. Yeah. Yeah, I got, I, I got another 10, 15 minutes. Okay. Okay. 
What other topics you want to delve into? Um, you haven't hit wrestling lately. Those are always great shows. I mean, people shows. love wrestling. Yeah. That are the old ballparks of town. Yeah, I always got leery about that because a lot of people didn't didn't play or didn't know them. They enjoyed hearing. They sure did enjoy it because they knew somebody else that was in the neighborhood and that type of stuff. All right, I'll throw say if we're gonna talk about wrestling, wrestling, wrestling's a phony stuff. Okay, fine. (laughs) That's the stuff of the Olympics. Does anybody at this table consider wrestlers to be athletes? Absolutely. Yeah. You got to train. Tony and I got a front row seat for this. I I watched them practice when they were at the UD Arena back in the late 80s. (laughs) I've told you the story before. I've heard this story about you guys guys hitting the ropes. and They come into the arena. They they work hard at it. Dumbbell here. We're in the arena when the guy's setting the ring up. And, of course, that's like two kids in a candy store with masks on. Is that the one where a guy wanted a football? And I threw him a football now. We're, we're there, and I don't know, one of us, hey, can we go up here and get in the ring and run around? <laughs> now, the arena's empty. Yeah, it's it's 2.30 in the afternoon. There's nobody there. Yeah, go ahead. So, the race is on to get in the ring. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember Flair standing in the runway laughing as we hit the ring ropes and just about collapsed. Yeah, it, it's, it's choreographed. Do you remember the? I think it was the Samoans. We're standing under where the weight room used to be under the arena, well, throwing the barbell yeah, back and, and forth. Them and uh, Sid Vicious, they got they got two hundred forty five pounds on on a bench, right? And they're catching it, <laughs> benching it, letting it go, catching it. I um, like, like I said, I've been a wrestling fan my whole life. Uh, I, I'm sorry, a wrestling that's fan. Better. My People whole are gonna be life. confused. Only by you. Um, but I've been a wrestling fan my whole life, and I've always long felt that professional wrestlers are some of the better athletes that you will ever see in your well, life. There's some guys with some size to them that can do things. That, the one that thing that really I remember, surprising. beside the ring ropes hurting like crazy and the, and the ring being so thin, was the length of the top rope to the floor. And thinking, oh, yeah. how in the that's, hell do these guys um, flip it's over? It's got to be a solid nine to ten every feet. Bit. Yeah, it has to be. How do the they floor, do it? The floor was four foot up. It had a mat on it. I remember and, and that. It was what they did at the arena. They come in and they would set the ring post, and then I don't know what they're called. The, the turnbuckles. Well, yeah, but underneath they would tighten the wiring to set the ring. Right. And then it was planks and. Uh, one inch like plywood, nothing. right? And then it was a one inch mat that was rolled, not as not as hard as a wrestling or gymnastics mat, it was a little right. softer. And then it was the canvas uh, over top. I just of remember it. jumping and off it, yeah, the middle turnbuckle. Was the ring mite when you guys back in the? Uh, was was it was underneath. underneath? It was underneath. Yeah. Yeah, so, I've, so I've always you, heard that as well. when you bounced, when they bounced, when they ran up and jumped up and down. Right. It was also had springs under it. Some right. Some had s- springs. You and knew when you were jumping, though, because yeah. when you landed, it was like you landed on the floor. You felt like your knees <laughs> went right up your feet. But athletes, it can be choreographed. It can be fake without question. And you saw, oh, was it Cactus they, Jack that had the ankle the size yeah, of a basketball? Yeah, Those guys are getting beat up, up every night. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, definitely athletic. No uh, yeah, question. They, they, they come in and, and they practice, um, and they all come in together. Mm-hmm. So they they come down the ramp and go in the locker rooms. And 
we sitting there talking and this and that. And the, the Road Warriors. I had, I had, was lucky <laughs> enough to meet some guys from the University of Minnesota the year before, and they were in business with the Road Warriors on those old crazy Zubas, Zubas. pants. Mm-hmm. So I talked to the Road Warriors and told them I knew Matt up at uh, Wisconsin, and then Hawk gives me his card and he call me. We'll get you some pants. Oh, I sold pants out of the trunk of my car. For <laughs> I remember them giving a haircut. Um, and you asked him. Yeah. He said, I got to go to a PTA meeting tomorrow. Like, yeah. Right yeah. Now. <laughs> and I said something about you. He said, well, I got a PTA meeting tomorrow. I can't do it right now. Um, normal guys. I mean, that, that was their job. As soon as they got to the curtain, though, it was work. Do you still have Ric Flair soap? No. He was the one I remember more than anybody. was as friendly as could yeah, be. but when he got to the when curtain. he put that robe on, mm-hmm. boom. Remember yeah, the, after the match, Sting and it was Stinger Luger and Flair's yelling at him, "You never break a stronghold. You broke my stronghold." Yeah. But there was four separate locker rooms for like the rummies. Yeah, the guys. It's just kind of stair step. The one at the end was the superstars. Yeah, I just remember the one sink had Sting's face in it. Yeah. Well, the Bushwhackers. Uh, oh my God! Hold on, mate. Let me get my teeth out. Get a picture taken with him. The guy goes, "Hold on, let me get my teeth out." Lee, did you happen to catch the thirty for thirty they did for uh, on Ric Flair? No, it's so, one that I'd like to see. It but was interesting. It, it, it was really, it was really good. I mean, me being an avid wrestling fan, um, I, it really didn't reveal that much more about him than I had already had already figured. But I thought that it was really well done. I've seen, you know, here recently that that. Wrestling is starting to work its way and kind of weave its way into mainstream sports more. But it's him. It's Flair that's being that thread, so to speak. Everywhere since he got out of the hospital, he's everywhere. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's the main. I thought that was well done. He's a good follow on Facebook. It was well done. Yeah, Rick Flair's a good follow on Facebook. Flair's on the page. Rick Flair's on the page. I thought it was well done. He's a good follow on Facebook. It left me with a sad feeling. business side of things. And a bad family uh, side of it, yeah. too. He, that caused mm, by the business side of it. It, it just kind of left you with, wow, that's really sad you know, at the I, end. I came away from that is is that Rick, you know, it came out that he was adopted. Yeah, that he was adopted. And, and like I said, and, and the path that he took as far as professionally, his parents never supported him in that. At least I didn't believe so. And I, I think from that it just kind of fed into him being, in all honesty, the selfish jerk that he was to his family and his wife and his kids and things and things of that nature. Because you know, yeah, it was like a, a tale of two stories. If you look at his younger, if you look at his his older children, they didn't. And I know it came across that he they didn't really want a lot to do with him, even though he mm-hmm. gave David a door. You know, that, in, that, into the business. That sounds a lot like if you ever read anything or heard the story about Lee Trevino. You think of guys, it, professionals like that, who, in order to get as good as they are, are out on the road all the time. Mm-hmm. Whether Lee Trevino uh, is, is said that he's always regretted uh, how his first family was treated, his older kids, he treats his younger kids who aren't young now. Mm-hmm. They were, he was around more, and he made sure he was there, not out on the road 35 weeks out of the year. Trying to make a living, trying to be the best that he could in golf. Think of, of guys that you know uh, with baseball over the years. You're you're gone 175, 
200 days out of the year. What do those guys tell us? That. They're on the road like 250 yeah, days yeah, a year. Yeah, the wrestling guys. Are, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. But Tony's right. For the most part, all of them were good guys, very talk, very personable. Yeah. yeah. But what a lifestyle. Yeah, you're, mm-hmm. you're, you're playing one night here, and uh, they're off, and in Peoria the next night, and then in Minneapolis, and then in Fort Worth or something. They're, they're on the road six out of seven days. Flair was as good a, as any of them to he and I. Yeah. Just very, really nice very guy. nice guy. But the pictures, I mean, those are those are memories, man. Those are great. Being, you know, getting to know those guys a little bit behind the curtain and seeing how they do it. It's a crazy lifestyle, but athletically, without question. Yeah, yeah I would, athletes. I would dare anybody to get in a ring and just run around. Let's see how tough you are then. Mm-hmm. The Samoans, who weren't from Samoa. I remember the guy played, had the bullet hole in his belly. One played at Kansas, <laughs> yeah. another played at Hawaii. Um, they, they were talking about that, and you know. We're really big and all that, but look what we do. Like, yeah, right. no kidding. Yeah. I mean, you, you, you're light on your feet. You can move. You have strength. And to be able to do that in that situation, you're correct with talking about the ropes and everything. It's, it's Those not hurt. what it looks like on TV. I just remember to this day, after Flair showed us how to do his flop, and I always remember him saying, watch how they hit the ropes. If you hit your ropes like you just did, you're going to break your ribs. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think I did. <laughs> but he said, you put your butt on the middle rope. That's how they bounce off. And now every time, now that you yeah. really know. Well, and when they land, so the guy gets thrown on. What's he do? His feet hit first. Yep. Right. And then everything else comes down. Mm-hmm. But you used to be able to hear him in the ring talking to each other. Oh, well, and now you, you knew it, <laughs> but now you know it. You're like, oh, come on. I, I got yelled at by the, by the announcer because I'm sitting there laughing. They're doing a TV tape. That was the first thing they told you. You're not allowed to laugh. You're and, on TV. I'm, kind of, I'm laughing. He's like, Tony, I told you you can't laugh. And behind me, I have Jim Place, uh, Kevin Cavanaugh, these guys from CJ who are coaches and other people we know that had tickets in the front row and the TV taping, that would be, they were shooting across court, so it would be uh, behind my flyer, first row and press row. Is, there's seven, 800 people. So the TV taping looks like there's a lot of people. Well, the Samoan's like, Tony, give me your chair. And I'm sitting there laughing. He goes, don't laugh. Give me the ink, ink, ink chair. Remember so Rotundo and Kevin Sullivan? Yeah. Sullivan jumps out of the ring, grabs a water bottle, and starts squirting people in the face. <laughs> and he looks back down and he goes, now laugh. And you can't. Rotundo's yeah. above us in the corner. And he's chopping somebody in there, jumping up. And he looks down and he goes, he's, I can't say what he said. And then he looks up, I, your mother last night. And then he looks back down and he goes, come on, I know you're going to laugh. It was almost <laughs> yeah. fun to these guys trying to get you to crack. But just to see that behind the curtain, unbelievable. I remember a couple of them, if you saw them try to throw a football or catch it, you'd swear they never played anything. Yeah, Jimmy yeah. Jam Garvin was one I remember. It's like, wait a minute, you're actually an athlete, dude. Yeah. And if I remember right, the Undertaker back then, Mean Mark. Mean Mark was not no. real talented with a football. But he was he was large. Well, Kevin Nash, I can still yeah. remember under the thing. Yeah, when Dusty Rhodes or Flair told him you need to be a solo, he was with the Master Blasters. Yeah, and they told him you need to go solo. Yeah, good thing he did. The one, Didn't... the Russian, the mask Russian. Hey, that's Henry oh. Finkel. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Puts his mask back on. Yeah. I gotta go. He's in there getting dressed. Yeah. Now wasn't Kevin Nash? Wasn't he a pretty good college basketball, basketball player? Basketball, Tennessee. Yeah. 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 Actually, I don't yeah. know how much he played. Yeah, he but he's on the club. Quarter. Yeah, he was on the club for four years. 
What else you got for us, Lee? Anything good? I did have a question that I thought I'd ask. Uh, I know we're running out of time, but jumping to local sports, if you could open a Hall of Fame describing who really defies a local sports scene, who would you have and why? Like a wow. Mount Rushmore of the Dayton sports area? It'd have to be more than four faces. Well, yeah, I mean, whoever you throw in the Hall of Fame. Don Donner would have to be in there. Yeah. Maybe even Tom Blackburn for the history of it. Yeah, I mean, the court's named after him. I'll give you one, Tony, that you'd know, and a lot of people, Ted Mills. Yeah, when you're looking I mean, at amateur Ted ball. Mills baseball. Yeah. What yeah. he's done for the amateur yeah. around here. Yeah. Uh, Mike Kelly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He could be in the conversation, but I don't know. Well, he could win national championships. Well, Edwin yeah. Moses, I Edwin guess. Moses. Not that he's uh, lived here. Mike Schmidt. Mike Schmidt. Schmidt. Yeah. Steve yeah. Yeager. Yeah. Uh, Boo. Oh, Pete played up here in the double yeah, for a I, while. What about uh, what's his Ron name? Harper. Right you had him on the show, I think. Uh, uh, the kid that played at Roth. Dwight Anderson. Yeah. Donnie I mean, May. He's supposed to be the, the best basketball player ever to come out of Dayton, Ohio. You never saw him in high school or in college. I saw him oh play. Oh, my. The, yeah, I saw him play in the field house. Unreal. Uh, he used to come over and pick up games. Dwight Lightning. <laughs> he, was, he was good. He was Michael Jordan before Michael yeah. Jordan was. He was good. Mm-hmm. That's a good question. Um, you know, maybe wow. you, you look at, and I'm going to go back a little bit, and I don't know a lot about it, but some of the car racing history they had here. Uh, what's his name yep. down uh, in Springboro? Mears? That was in, uh, in oh, the Salt Indies. Walter. Salt Walter, that's it. Was Savage, was he also? Sweet Savage? No, I'm thinking Salt Walter, though. Guy from Springboro. That's, that's a tough question because there's so many guys. Wow. That is hard. Well, Nish, you could throw him in there. Yeah, yeah. throw Nish. Uh, Underhill. He won a national yeah, championship right state. He did. Uh, you know, you go back, old guys in football in town, some of the guys in the NFL. Chuck Noll comes to mind. Chuck Noll, yes. Pat Cavage, um, some of those guys. Well, that's tough. That's that is that's good. Um, I'll give you another one if you want to go that route. The broadcasters. Yeah. Throw them Omar. The... Yeah. Tom Omar Hamlin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember Omar Tom when Hamlin. I was a kid. I mean, there's there's been some good. How about Fran Charles mm-hmm. being on? What's Larry, he on MLB Network or Golf Channel he? now? Yeah, these guys all came through Channel Two. Larry and Bucky, thirty-five years. That's kind of hard for to believe. Almost fifty yeah. years. Sure that's, is. I mean, people obviously around here know him. That's a long time. That's Joe Nuxall territory yeah, right yeah. there. Mm-hmm. And I was in where we were at Rhode Island uh, with basketball one year. When me and Larry and Bucky are having something to eat in a place by the hotel and a guy comes up and starts talking with Bucky. He goes, you're Bucky Bockhorn, aren't you? He remembered him when he played with the, uh, with the, Royals, the Royals and they were up there to play Celtics. Bucks, is he doing all right? I mean, I haven't. Yeah, he was just uh, stopped by my room the other day. He's he's doing fine. I hope he keeps going as long as he can go. And he said he will. Greg Garris, the voice of the Raiders before he died. Before he in died. The yeah. yep. And yep. You could argue Chris Collins because he's been there since the mid Well, you could argue Hartsock, too, for that matter. Mike, he's well, been there a long time. Yeah, he's been know. there since 89, hasn't he? Or he and Nick Hubert. Mm-hmm. Michelle Hubert. Yeah. I mean, there have been a lot of good ones come through. Mike's, you know, Mike's a good example. And, and we're talking, you say broadcasting, but Mike has been a TV in television in town for 35 years. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's not real easy anymore no, as much no. as they wheel and deal people in and out of here. I mean, including doing ball games and that, but just his daily being in TV in town for that long. That's that's pretty amazing. As someone trying to get in that field, I'm jealous. Yeah. Hal McCoy. Guy who, yeah. Hal McCoy. Hal McCoy would have to be in there. A lot yeah. of the people that used to write for the paper. Or it should have to be in there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Dayton has had their fair share of Well, it's the only town history. that's got two guys in the Writers Hall of Fame and they don't have a team. I was thinking there was three. Well, there is now. Uh, you put Hal McCoy in. Yeah, Burek and Colette, the other two? Yep. Yeah, because Cincinnati, I thought, had a couple, they got too. A team. They got a team. They have a major league team. Dayton, Ohio, has three guys in the Riders wing in the Hall of Fame, and they don't have a team. Isn't Dayton still the only college that has two Super Bowl-winning coaches? Um, I'm not sure. At one time, it was. I know Gruden and Chuck Noll. Absolutely. Yeah. I want to think there was another one. God, Stanford, for some reason, comes to mind. I don't think that's right. But I know – and you mentioned Blackburn. Why is he not in the Basketball Hall of Fame? Good question. I mean, back – in the 50s, yeah. Dayton well, was as 60s, big a program as there was. I think in the 60s, the University of Dayton had more wins than anybody in the country. It's insane to think about. I mean, Dayton's the, what, 11th best sports market? But they don't like have a mid- sports talk show. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. They have yeah. a good podcast, though. I, I know the guy that does it. Well, they have a decent show on Sunday morning with Byers and Kenner outside of that. I figure today, the train wreck that is four to six. Billy Hamilton conversation, Dayton Dragons. What are you talking about? The sports talk show they have here in town. <laughs> See, even Tony's unaware of it. <laughs> oh, the wings. The one, yeah, the one Kirky should be Kirky. on. Yeah. yeah, we should put Kirky back. Just reruns the Kirky. That was very good the other day. I, I saw that. Yeah. Well, this is probably the Dayton Lions talk, too. That, that'd be more important the than what? that kickball team. Remember the those guys Lions. that came in the studio looked like John Belushi and the Blues Brothers? They're the Blues and Orange Brothers. Oh, Remember those guys? Stuff down in West Carrollton, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Okay. That team down. Okay. They about good time for their conversation. We don't want to talk Ohio State today. That you know. Well, I thought Wang was all Ohio State. If it wasn't, they wouldn't be on the air. Oh. Well, you know, speaking of that, Lee, I, I don't know if you could tell me because you're kind of in the business. How does the uh, programming get decided by? Um, a, a channel when everything they're getting is coming from a feed somewhere? Like, I mean, how do they decide what time things are on when and, and that? Beats me. I'm, I've been trying to get into a job I think I can for like you seven that years. Now, it used to be, and back when we were on, it was Fox. Okay. You, can, you have to put so many shows on it doesn't from, have to be from their stuff. Yeah. yeah, like, and I'm gonna guess with Wing, whatever ESPN gives them, you don't necessarily have to play it at that time. They're on like at nine o'clock, Patrick or whatever time he was on, as long as you have them on in that 24 hour window. So you could actually shove uh, okay a show that, somewhere that's why at Clark 10 o'clock. Howard's on HIO at six at night, and his regular show right live you show can, is as long out as you Atlanta, put them like anywhere in that two o'clock twenty four hour window. That's uh, all that matters. That's what it used to be has now. To be same day. Unless it's in the contract of now a show like Dan Patrick, they're going to keep him live mm-hmm. for the most part. But I think as a rule, the way it was always explained to me, you can move them wherever you want to move them. Oh, okay. As long as you play it. As long as you play it. Within the yeah. day. Yep. That's, That's why you should move that train wreck at 4 o'clock to like 4 in the morning. 
then the only people you're bothering are roosters and dogs that are out taking a leak. Dogs, or, dogs listen to radio? Roosters? Well, yeah. Well, if you, if you leave your dogs at home and put on NPR, they have to listen to NPR. You have to do it. <laughs> We've killed about two hours. NPR? I thought this was a no politics. Enough. I'm still working no. on silical. Or cyclical, so, yeah, or whatever the hell you even threw out say there. It. It's been an hour since we mentioned I'm it. I'm still amazed you said it. It's an educational podcast. I guarantee you, that's going to send a lot of people nine, to the nine, Google and a dictionary when they hear it. Nine years of college right it's, there. It's going to hey, send you, me, you got your money's worth. I sure did. It's going to send me to Google when I actually <laughs> upload this. I'm going to look up that word myself. Or, you know, hire someone that's been looking for a job for seven years. But <clears throat> Well, I'm glad you guys came and did this. We're going to do... I guess many more, because like I said, we've got a yeah. list of people that are begging to do this. Yeah, I mean, we're, we'll continue the I mean, round table. I mean, it's interesting, to say the least. Yeah. yeah. I, I really appreciate you giving the opportunity yeah, to do so. Enjoyable. I really do. Yeah, it's Absolutely. been a lot of fun. I mean, I just, again, I just wish the radio people, and they're all on the page, would just, it doesn't have to be me. Just put somebody on. Give these people what they want. It's about the listeners. Let them, my God, we proved it works. Somehow. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> we haven't figured that one out yet, but give them what they want. Give them a place to be heard, please. My God, just do it. So, again, thanks for doing this, Lee. I'm sure we'll do yeah, this Lee, again soon. Yeah, I appreciate it. I appreciate the opportunity, too, for sure. No problem, gentlemen. It's been a lot of fun. Like I said, we'll do another round table coming up on the podcast. Or square table, whichever. Or, yeah. <laughs> no, this is a rectangle table. No, it's See? not silic- cyclical. It's, no, yes, it's would be the, round. Like yeah. the one back there in right. the game room. Right. Exactly. It's it's rectangle. A game room. I thought you'd have a game room. Well, look back there. I got Nerf it's hoops, yeah. hockey game. Yeah. got the, the hockey you game. got it all yeah. going on. Yeah. Exactly. Most people call that a bedroom, but nah. <laughs> nah. Nope. Game room. That's a game room. Well, so, bedroom, game room. Mattress polo. Thank you very much. There you go. All right. That does it for episode 16 of the gem on the queen's crown well i thank our guest today adam tony and mark schlemmer as always you don't uh, have to edit this one as much no no I behave no. myself hey, today there won't be any editing for me no 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 <laughs> there's one thing i gotta edit i know what it is lions yeah two things two things i have to edit you got a lot to learn about radio doesn't he yeah I tried to if keep I, it. I tried to keep professional in nature. Hey, it, like I said, it's it's been a lot of fun, and Mark will do this again sometime soon. All right, works for me. You can listen to the podcast on iTunes and your favorite podcasting apps on Google Play, iHeartRadio app, StreamPod.net, TuneIn, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, TheLeeWMallon.com, and GemCitySports.com. There's a lot of ways to listen into the podcast, and you can also. Get email updates. Just go to leadwmallon.com, click on podcast in your email, and bam, you get them every time I make a podcast. Adam, Tony, Mark, been a lot of fun. Been very Thank cyclical. Very much. Thanks a lot. Thank Appreciate you very it. much. This has been the Gem on the Queen's Crown, episode 16, in the books. Thanks for listening to the Gem on the Queen's Crown. Don't forget to like the Facebook page, The Gem on the Queen's Crown. Follow the podcaster, The Lee W. Mallon, on Twitter and Instagram. Also, visit www.theleewmallon.com and www.gemcitysports.com.